0: Get it going. It's time to get up. Newton trying to set up a screen. He's picked. Back the other way and down the sideline is Kenny Young. He makes a move and ends up in the end zone with a pick six. These guys are here to break it all down. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening Everybody
2: stay, calm. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay f-ing
0: calm. This is the starting lineup with Team Cebulski and Perry Solkowski.
2: Rise and shine, Metro Vancouver. What's going down? It is Friday, December 11th, Perry's favorite day of the week. This is the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks, home of Vancouver Hockey Sportsnet 650. Cebulski here. Perry Solkowski there, great Balak on the other side of the glass, kicking it with you until nine o'clock this morning. And it's also a special day here uh, at Sportsnet six fifty, and all of our friends over at Jack FM News eleven thirty, Kiss FM pair. It's Food Bank Friday. It's not just any Friday. It's Food Bank Friday.
1: Yeah,
3: the virtual fundraiser. You know, if times were normal and they not, we'd be out on location as we normally are. But it starts right now at six o'clock, goes to six p.m. right here on our station. Over at our sisters at KISS Radio, News 1130, Jack 96.9, Jack FM, all in support of the Food Bank this morning. So if you're up with this, here's how you can help out. And they need our help. We just want you to text. We like if you text us on our Dunbar-Limbar-Tikes line at at six fifty six fifty. But today, today, we want you to think of 3333. 30333 That's what you need to do. If you text a carrot, that's worth $5. A banana to that number is 10 You can donate $25 with a red heart. So you can do it. You can go online, but that's the easy way. We want you to text all day long, James, as it is Food Bank Friday, the virtual fundraiser.
2: Five bucks. It's a, co- a cost of a cup of coffee, um, yep. you know, that uh, you can maybe help. Uh, and you know what? They're going to try to match donations up to $25,000 today as well, so you can turn your five bucks into $10, your $10 into $20, or $25 into 50 bucks. It's real simple. Just simply text, as Perry mentioned, 30333. 30333. And help those who really need it. And, man, this year has been a kick in the ass. And... uh, You know, Disney gave us some positivity there yesterday, I thought. Man, an Indiana Uh, Jones movie's coming, some more Star Wars shows, some more Avengers stuff. It's all good.
3: Listen, I I mean, we are always thinking of what to put in the show. We'll do my PS and BS later on. But just just for you, I thought, oh, I better get into that because there's (laughs) a lot of people. Hey, Big Christian Covington is a guy that we have on the show regularly of the Cincinnati Bengals and man the big man loves his disney loves his marvel if you were to look at all his tweets it's about making his community better and safer and then disney it's not a lot about you know big game here happy we got that sack you know good luck to joe young and and joe burrows and everything It's, it's like oh man disney marvel you guys are true to your word and i figured it would be the same for you the same for you man
2: yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was. It was much needed positivity at a time, or maybe a nice distraction for the National Hockey League, who got absolutely hammered over uh, a report on Twitter last night from uh, um, our former Sportsnet hockey insider, John Shannon, who had mentioned that the NHL was looking uh, to get. Uh, a uh, hold of some of uh, some doses of the vaccine that is now available mm-hmm. uh, to uh, you know to help in the fight against COVID nineteen and so John had, had said last night he said source confirms that the NHL is planning the private purchase of a COVID vaccine for all constituents involved in the potential upcoming season. Well, people lost their absolute poop emojis last night. Pair, uh, people were losing it. Um, and then you know it, it took about a half an hour before John later clarified to say, "Hey, look, the NHL has no intention of jumping the queue here." Yeah, because this was just immediately people screaming, "This is the rich jumping the line!" WTF? Are you kidding me? But we shouldn't be surprised here, right? Like don't think no. for a second that the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the National Hockey League, every other European soccer league and any other sport around the world is going to try to get their athletes and individuals vaccinated here.
3: As soon as you found out there was a vaccine, I'm sure someone in those league offices made a phone call and said what would it what would it take? I mean, John came back and said, "Hey, I want to clarify" The NHL is interested in securing vaccine when and if it's available for private purchase. Meaning as soon as there is a vaccine, you're right, James, they made phone calls going, how can we get some? How can we get some? And, you know, there's a lot of people that automatically thought, hey, I wasn't surprised. You weren't surprised. Maybe people go, well, why would it be any different? Especially, you know, we're going to start giving it to the seniors, the frontline workers. When it comes to where do the healthy 26 year olds fall? They shouldn't be getting it until next September. It's not the case when you're dealing with a billionaire business. And there were a few people going, hey, these guys are providing a source of entertainment for others to take us away and escape the reality that we're in right now. I don't have a problem with it. The majority were going, hey, hey, what's the NHL doing? Screw these guys. But surprise, no, that's always the case. We've been through it before. Berkey's had, I think Daniel Sedin got in trouble once when all of a sudden he he jumped the queue and got his back checked out, right? But you go to someone private. Private doctor and go here. You go. I'm. Mean, I don't have to wait a long time for my my scan, my MRI. I'm getting it done within 12 hours. That's always been the case.
2: Well, and I remember Brian Burke having to hold a news conference. And this is 20 years ago, right? Daniel mm-hmm. Sadin. Uh, honestly, and it was funny because you know by that point, I think I had been in the business for five, six years. And you think about just at any point in your life, you know, an athlete gets hurt, they're undergoing surgery. That's all you hear. And for whatever reason. That became an issue when Daniel Sedin had back surgery and, you know, there had been all these reports of people, oh, I've been waiting six months to get my hip replaced. I've been waiting you now all this time to get my knee done. And why Why is this hockey player? I it was just, I was blown away. And Brian Burke said, look, there's private health care. It's still available in this country, people. So that's what we paid for. We didn't jump the line here. So everybody back, the HG double hockey sticks off. But look, look at the amount of money that the National Hockey League spent on a bubble in Toronto and Edmonton last year, right? We're mm-hmm. talking $75 million, Pair The NBA spent $150 million to do that bubble in Orlando you know, just months ago, right? If there's money like that available, there's no doubt that they are going to spend whatever it takes to get their athletes vaccinated. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but follow the money. You know, the Pfizer vaccine that's out there right now, look, you've got what 4,000 that are going to be made available in this province here in the next what week or so. You know, that's they're not getting a hold of that right away. But keep in mind that pharmaceutical companies aren't just all about the ethics, right? They're in it to make money too. Mm-hmm. They're their business, big pharma, big business, right? But I'm sure but I, as yeah, we no. get, yeah, I just think that as soon as you see other, like, you know, look, there's, there's the Moderna vaccine. You know, the Johnson & Johnson uh, is going to have one. AstraZeneca has been working on one with the University of Oxford. You know, when more of these roll out, that's when you're going to see these, you know, probably some private sales happening, you know, probably a few months down the road, though, still.
3: Yeah, and I don't think it's just going to be sports. There'll be some other big companies that go, hey, you know what? If I can get our employees in there, if if there's a way that money can talk, to your point, these are pharmaceutical companies. They're not done for the good of people. These are companies trying to make money. Uh, there'll be others that say, hey, is there any chance we can get a dose for the company that we're with? How much would it cost? How can we get ahead of the game so I can make sure my employees are ready to go? That's part of it. I, I think what John put out there, I, I, he wasn't surprising a lot of people you knew it would be coming. These guys are going to be flying around the country, and they're not going to go, hey, by the way, uh, uh, um, Sutter's not at practice today because he's in his 30s. He gets the vaccine. Uh, Yeah, Quinn, you're going to have to wait a while because, you know, you're 10 years younger. No, this team will get it at once, and the league will get it at once. Go, hey, guys, before you start traveling everywhere, we've secured it. Uh, It's as simple as that. I think John puts it out there and everyone, and I can understand it. I mean, the temperature of society right now, everyone's so excited. You're sitting there and you've got other people going, oh, this is more important. But from a business standpoint, I think most would have realized, yeah, when there's a chance to purchase it, you know, the major leagues of sports are going to be front and center to say, how much will it cost us? Here's what we'll pay to your end. How much did they pay to provide entertainment and a sense to make sure their product could go money's not that big a deal for them when it comes to the safety of their employees oh, and making oh. sure their games can go on, right?
2: 100%. Like, you don't think that Amazon is probably making a call say, okay, how do we get enough for all of our employees, right? You know, mm-hmm. in terms of giant corp Apple for that matter, I mean, follow the money. Now, it, it, that all said, you know, if in two months from now, the NHL is all vaccinated and You know, there's still millions and millions or billions of people around the world that for that matter still going, Hey, look, you know, we could use we could use some of this here. That'll be a bad look for the National Hockey League, it'll be a bad look for the NFL, major league baseball, the NBA. It it won't be a nice optic, right? And it'll again come back to oh man, this is the wealthy rule in the roost again. But I, I think we gotta give it some time here to see how this plays out, right? Who's selling the dosages? So, you know, it was later clarified, but man, you could just see the the anger. Man, I even as I even I I got ratioed on Twitter as a result of that last night. It's like, hey everybody, let's just stand down. There's questions that need to be answered. Like who's providing this? Right? How about we look at the people that would ultimately be selling the vaccine doses to the National Hockey League, right? Maybe they're getting it from a black market. Right. You know, Hey, I got some contraband, right? I got this frozen truck over here. (laughs) Come on.
3: there. You and I both know when it comes to public relations, there are times when you have to make sure this reads as perfectly as, as it can. And there are times you go, no, let's just keep this quiet and we have the press release set to go when, and if those questions come, I think they were probably surprised that John Shannon, who was so well plugged into so many things in the NHL I'm not going to say it was a casual Friday afternoon glass of red wine that John fires out there. (laughs) But boy, the firestorm that it caused, I'm sure somebody called John from the head offices, and said, really? Like, you know, I I know what we talked about, but we're prepared that there's going to be a backlash. We didn't think you were the guy who was going to start the fire. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's like that Billy Joel song We didn't start the fire Thank John. We needed this PR No, or at least they're yeah. talking about the National Hockey League Again um, Here's what we got coming up over the next uh, three hours Man, I'm looking forward to this conversation In an hour from now, Pear, we're going to talk to one of the fastest Men in the National Football League Tavon Campbell And he's
3: Canadian
2: with the LA Chargers
3: we always know we were talking about Alex Singleton the other day when they were putting out the cleats who played in Calgary and gave a shout out to Canada special Olympics. James, when you play in the CFL and you go make a name for yourself in the NFL, we know certainly in this city, it's oh Cam Wake. Look what he did there. I uh, hate Ty Long's playing down there with him, but, but for Devon, it's not like you came up and you you lit it up in the CFL. You know, you bounced around a little bit, but you know, I know you've known him for a while, but the combine, the speed he showed, it's like, okay, this guy's an unbelievable athlete. He should dominate in this league. Never did, but I think has always felt, you know, the best athletes in football are playing the NFL. I'm gonna go there. Hung around with the Jets for a little bit, then has cracked the LA Rams roster or LA Chargers roster, had a pick six against Joe Flacco this year, took it all the way back. Uh yeah, I he's a guy I think more football fans should know. Hey, man, this guy's from Toronto, University of Regina, and he's an NFLer. So looking forward to that conversation.
2: That's coming up uh, a little after 7 o'clock, and he can flat out fly. So we'll catch up with Tavon with that. Uh, Steve Rapp from Sports Interactions Inside the Line is going to try to pick three winners for you to get you paid this weekend in the National Football League. You made some money last night in that uh, clunker of a Thursday nighter and Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah, we might have to have Perry's picks. Off to a good start. I like that Rams team, and I had a good feel for the Patriots, right? They And I tell you, I'll have to thank Steve because he said the Patriots that's stealing money when they take on the Chargers, it was with their 49-0, 45 nothing win. And then I thought, those guys are staying in California. They're not focusing on the game. The Rams are going to roll over them. They did exactly that. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Maybe I'll fire out a pick. I've been on such a roll maybe I will fire out a pick and say, guys, this, this is what I would play this weekend as well. This is what, what the bank's doing over here in Anmore. We'll see if people want to jump on board.
2: You know, for all that talk, though, going back, what, eight months ago, hey, Cam Newton, man, this could be a real steal for the Patriots. Um, now you kind of wonder, is Cam, like, where's Cam at? And is he more resigned to being a backup now going forward in the National Football League to where he what we've seen from him this year?
3: Oh, here's what I love about when overpaid athletes. He's not, they gave him a million and Hey, if you're really good, you could be making six or seven this year. And if you're not, you're making a million, man. I wish athletes were paid by their performance. I think Cam Newton, if, I don't know if he's the type of guy that will say, yeah, I want to be a backup. I mean, he didn't finish yesterday, has been playing poorly. Uh, yeah. Does he want to carry a clipboard? I think he's a great guy to have coming off the bench, you know? And, but I just think, it's not there for him anymore right it's not going to say rg3 he's better than that but that's a pretty good offensive coordinator that he has that tries to make it work he doesn't have a whole lot of weapons but yeah i just wonder i I think it's pretty sure not the you know the expiration date on a starter for cam newton I, i don't think he'll be doing it anywhere in 2021 for an nfl team.
2: so when you you think about cam newton like i feel like 10 years from now we're gonna chuckle and go hey former new england patriot great cam newton Right, it's gonna feel so yeah, weird yes. at some point in time, and it just kind of it gives you inspiration to play the name game, right? The the legend who just didn't fit in that right uniform, Cam Newton, yes. New England Patriot, right? Then you start thinking about some of those, you know, those ones that you just go, oh yeah, how about this one, Pear? All right, former Dallas yep. Cowboy All Pro quarterback Randall Cunningham
3: yeah great one yeah i i think cam newton will be that like i think in 20 years if you were in foxborough for the game and you're rocking a newton jersey you go oh that's funny it's just like if you go to a seahawks game and you're rocking a, a harris 32 a franco harris jersey oh what who what <laughs> no I, that's the, the pittsburgh Steeler. oh no no he was here in seattle i i i have so much admiration for people who grab those crazy he played there yep couple of games you're right man i I, I forgot or is that, that
2: immediate buyer's remorse if you just jumped on it too soon like how about
3: this one no. okay you
2: ready yeah i mean hey you're a you're a hockey fan how about former colorado avalanche and hockey hall of famer yari curry
3: yes even for curry <laughs> even less curry played a handful with the rangers Hi, yeah. Hey, your 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 grandma and you and the one guy you always loved was Wendell Clark, right? He made that little. Uh, you tell the story at but a signing and there's Wendell and, and talks to your grandma. He's man, I'm a Wendell Clark fan. But you know what? If you're rocking around in a Wendell Clark Chicago Blackhawk jersey,
2: oh uh, right, Wendell Clark with the New York Islanders, thirteen games with the
3: Blackhawks, oh.
2: the thirteen games with the Chicago Blackhawks, Wendell Clark. Man, uh, you know, hey, look, he's meant so much to people here on the West Coast when you think of what he did, you know, in the, you know, in the 80s and then for what he has meant in terms of convincing Brian Burke to go after the Twins, you know, Elias Petterson as well. I mean, it's hard not to think about when you think of excellence in Boston, it's hard not to think about Thomas Gradine and the former Boston Bruin.
4: Yes.
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go for a workout to uh, Trevor Linden Fitness after the show. I always like to rock my Linden Washington Capitals jersey. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I talk about, can
2: you guess which one just doesn't belong here? 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Who is the legend that comes to mind in the wrong jersey? Like, I don't know, Hartford Whalers Hall of Famer, Paul Coffey, Right. I mean it's the, yeah. the list goes on and on and on pair.
3: Yeah, no, there's there's some great ones there for Mike Madano and all he did in Detroit. <laughs>
2: I mean, the NFL speaking, this is a nice segue uh, into uh, Steve Rapp from Sports Interactions Inside the Line as we look ahead to this weekend in the National Football League. And I know Steve made a lot of money putting money on the back and into the hands of one of the greatest running backs of all time, Arizona Cardinal Emmett Smith, right, Steve?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Emmett uh well, how about it? See, uh, I know it's not as crazy, but Joe Montana is a uh, Kansas City Chief. Yeah. A play a season there, but. Montad is a chief, or where uh, Namath went Namath as a ram. Uh, there are some, there are some crazy ones in the NFL as well.
3: Yeah, it's kind of fun to see that, and how uh, <laughs> how you just forget the guys <laughs> hang on.
1: OJ you... is a Niner! OJ is a
2: OJ, o, Yeah, O.J. has a convict and a San Francisco 49er. Yeah, you Exactly, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Good, good, fresh O.J. references
2: there, Friday, buddy. I
3: love there that. There you go. O.J. in the longest yard, literally. Um, <laughs> By the way, my friend, thank you for it. telling yeah, everybody he's... and all our listeners that it's like stealing money with the Patriots uh, last week. Man, I didn't even have to worry about that for a second. So I'm imagining, I can't remember all three places. of your picks. You had a good week, didn't you?
1: Yeah, not bad, but that, that's, I mean, it's all, it all, I mean, when you get one like that, I mean, that, free money like that, I mean, just that coaching matchup is, uh, it was just so, so unbelievable. We saw it last night, I mean, McVeigh is a good coach against Belichick, and he has been, he'd been thinking about that game last night since Super Bowl 53, and that's, you know, you get a good coaching matchup, but last week it was just, it was just free money, you don't get those very often, gentlemen. Right, no, so let's so
3: What it. What do you like this week? That you go, hmm. That 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 looks to be in our side.
1: Well, I mean, I start with Arizona, the Giants, and I look at that one because it's a good buy low, sell high spot here uh, for the Cardinals and the G-men. The Cardinals opened as two and a half point favorite. Well, I know public behind the Cardinals, professional money came in on the G-men, actually moved this number down to one and a half, um, and then somehow I went to bed last night and it's now sitting at three. Don't love it as much at three as I did at one and a half, but I still think it's a letdown spot here for the Giants after the big win in Seattle last week, beating your boys. Um, Either we get less than 100% Danny Dimes, the QB for the Giants, or we get Colt McCoy, who before last week's out-of-body experience was the worst QB against the spread of anybody with at least 25 starts at that position. So your Seahawks have that going for them. Uh, Kyler Murray just hasn't been right. That's pretty obvious. Uh, that has manifested in him not running like he was earlier in the season. Let's hope another week allows him to get back to what he does best. And if he does, recency bias makes this line shorter, and I think it should be. Let's not forget, the Giants, while being on a pretty good roll, still have only covered three of their last 15 as a home dog, while the Cardinals have covered four of their last five meetings, and the road team five of the last six in this game. Um, I have to change my little notes here to say lay the three now. Mm. See, sometimes mm. numbers... Sometimes I'm just so influential that numbers move just when I think about
2: them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Steve Rapp from Sports Interactions, Inside the Line. You're, like the, you're, you're the new swami, if you will, Steve, uh, here on Sports I
1: mean, 6.50. The line <laughs> oh, mover. Just call me the line, line mover. Mover. Yeah.
2: The mover. Yeah, he's a line Everybody mover. Everybody in Vegas
3: listens to this morning show. Yeah,
2: exactly. uh, all right, Tua and Mahomes going head-to-head. You got the Chiefs by seven in Miami this weekend.
1: Yeah, public gloves, Kansas, Kansas City. Where have we heard that one before, guys? But the yeah. sharps are on the fish. Lions on line opens Chiefs and seven and a half point road favorite. Sharp money pushes this one down to that teaser special number of seven. You know what? This one could be the one that breaks all those teaser hearts out there. People keep waiting for the Chiefs to explode on offense. It hasn't really happened recently. They have their last three wins have come by a combined thirteen points. The Dolphins have the kind of defense that can slow down even the high-flying Kansas City offense. They rank sixth against the pass, pass the second in the league in takeaways. Miami, Miami has also been a point spread darling under Coach Brian Flores. They've covered nine of their last 11 overall, nine of their last 11 at home. Casey has failed to cover its last four overall, and not just by a couple points. They are missing that number by a butt bunch. I'm willing to take a full touchdown with guys. I like this one. A better defense taking a full touchdown at home. I'm going to take Miami plus the seven. And you might want to consider sprinkling a little bit on the money line there. I'm smelling a bit of an upset.
3: I like this oh, one. Oh, see, I, I, I don't I don't see that. I was wondering. It's funny that you said the pros are maybe bringing this down. I thought, geez, I should get them now before they go to seven and a half. But uh, you're right, Steve. If you played the Chiefs and I have a lot, they've killed you. They win games. They they win games and have the spread covered in the first half and then they just muddle to the finish line and you get backdoored and you're killed.
1: But, um, I tell you it depends it depends on on uh, you know what what you like here because um, what we see is about sixty five percent of public action on Kansas City, yet that number moves from seven and a half to seven. That usually yeah. tells me where the odds makers are kind of begging for you to take Kansas City money because they're not moving it with the public they're moving it is with the resistance to the public uh,
3: a good one to end a Pittsburgh team that'll be playing again, I think that's three and eleven against. A Buffalo team that I rolled with on Monday night. I, I like that Bills team. I think the nation saw. What do you see with that one?
1: Yeah, it's the bright lights. To big Buffalo here. As Buffalo. and The Bills get their prime time close up on Sunday night. And recency Bryce, again, plays a pretty big part in this line move. Steelers actually open as a one and a half point favorite. Buffalo taking both professional and public money. This line jumps the fence and keeps running. Goes up to Buffalo minus two and a half. We now see this morning back down to two. Um, I'm going to say both the public and, and the pros here and say the original number is closer to where this line was, should be. And I'll be happy to take a pissed-off 3rd rank defense in the league, plus a couple of points here. Uh, Steelers coach uh, Mike Tomlin has made it no secret that he is not happy with his team. And we just talked about it. Like we talked about last week like we just talked about it. There's no sport where the coach is as much of value to the number than football. And Mike Tomlin is one of the best motivators out there. Nobody knows what his team needs more than him. Coming off a the game they had no business in losing and still in the driver's seat for the number one seed, this is a game that will get the Steelers' attention. No disrespect given to the Bills here. You're right. They look very good. My thinking here is coming off a big primetime win and now getting the biggest of regular season spotlight shined upon them, I'm going to take the two and the Steelers here.
2: Oh, 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 I feel yeah. like with all your Southern what? Ontario ties, you would have waved the flag and go, let's go Buffalo. Oh, no,
1: I gave up. I gave up having a favorite team after the 1977 Broncos when I found gambling. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no heart in gambling. I'll tell you that much. You, uh, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll bet against anybody.
2: Steve, tell me this. like We're up against the clock, but how would you have discovered gambling in 77? Um, you know, who's I, like what's the bookie look yeah. like then? I'm I'm assuming you're not going to Vegas at that time.
1: My uncle was a bit of a gambler and he took me to the track as a kid and I used to hang you on Tessin and I used to hang around behind the counter and he would teach me the puck line, the one one and a half split lines in hockey, and that is what got me into gambling.
2: Amazing.
3: <laughs> That's nothing truer. You have no fan favorite when you find gambling. And no, every game can not. mean something to you.
1: Who do you like? I like I like well I, I like as my bookie once told me Joe Lupo on our show, we asked him what he liked and he said minus a dollar ten.
2: Now you know now you know. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. You take care. Thanks. I like the picks. Thanks, guys. Have take a great care. weekend. Cheers. There he you is, know. Steve Rapp from Sports Interactions Inside the Lines, Canada's Odds Maker. Uh, you can catch uh, Sports Interactions Inside the Lines every Sunday morning beginning at 7 a.m. right here on SportsNet 650. All right, 26 minutes after 6 o'clock here on this Friday morning. He's Perry, I'm James. All oh, the Dunbar to Lumber Texas line already jumping with some of those submissions in with some of those. Legends in the weird, funky jerseys. We'll get to those. Plus, did you see Hoaglander's goal yesterday? Man, it was dynamic. Just don't ask his coach about it because the culture in hockey, that old-school mentality is still waving its flag. We'll get to all of that next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
0: He may not be right, but he says it with confidence anyway. I
1: need all of you to stop what you're doing and
0: listen. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650.
2: Nils Hoaglander scored one insanely ridiculous goal last night in the Swedish Hockey League. I mean, the kind of highlight we saw three years ago from Elias Pettersson that had Canucks fans finally believing that something special was finally coming here. It is a highlight that sells the game, going between the legs up top. The kind of creativity that inspires kids to go out in front of their homes on the street or the next time at practice and try to mimic it.
3: Yeah,
2: what he said, but then there was his coach, Cam Abbott, being asked about it later and here's what the Rogel bench boss had to say about the moment.
5: Well, I thought it was a good, uh, good finish by him, going to the net there, creative, and we're kind of used to that with Nils. Um, and, and at the same time, I think it's worth pointing out the, uh, you know, there's been a couple turnovers in the neutral zone by the same player that's cost uh, one against. So I think it's, it's impressive, but uh, you know, there's he, he knows there's still a ways to go to be the player he wants to be. I uh, completely compliment him on an <laughs> offensive play, and uh, he wants oh. to win. But uh, oh. you know, uh, hockey's a lot more than scoring too, and and uh, he's working at it. But uh, yeah, nice goal.
2: <laughs> wow. Now, when I saw that, my first reaction was, you know, that that sort of viewpoint from his coach was somewhere between Cleveland manager Lou Brown and Major League reacting to Willie Mays Hayes' basket catch.
0: Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again. All right, let's go. All right, and then
2: there was Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. If he
6: dies, he
2: dies. See, Hoglander's goal is a highlight that hockey needs these days. Desperately, it's one that makes highlight reels here digitally in North America. Gets people buzzing about the game at a time when the sport urgently needs it. But his coach Cam Abbott's reaction is a reminder hockey's old school ways still run deep in the game. A time where baseball and the bat flip football showcases the touchdown celebration and the NBA sells the dunk hockey still tries to tone down the skill and flair the game needs to take it to the next level of marketing I understand that Abbott is trying to create a complete hockey player in Hoaglander and hopefully to the benefit of the Canucks down the road But a stick-in-the-mud approach reminds us that as much as we wish and hope that hockey will embrace more personality and flair, the -the fall-in-line-with-the-team approach isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So in short,
1: stay in your lane.
2: And that's this morning's Seaball Says.
1: You know, from a coaching
3: perspective, I I didn't mind what he said there's a lack of enthusiasm when he made it. You know, we had Hoaglander on our show last week. And uh, boy, if the, if the the young guy was was that good with talking to us and that exciting as he is with the stick, he's still kind of nervous and all that. But you have to have so much confidence, James, to do that. You just go, okay, that's silly. He did it at, at a good speed, uh, complete control. And that's why everyone's excited for him to jump on a plane in the next couple of weeks and come here. Now, is he going to do that in the first scrimmage and do that to an NHL defenseman? Well, maybe. He'll probably get hammered next time he tries to do it by a defenseman. And is Travis Green going to go, okay, that's crazy skill? Maybe. And then Travis Green's going to you can't let your man go in the neutral zone. So that's a coach being a coach. But I agree with you. I just think we're trying to stifle creativity and more so here in North America than they do in Europe. You're seeing the Europeans. You know, what does Pedersen try? He does some stuff. They go, that's crazy. But guess what? Those superstars who can be that creative because they're out on the ice all the time just thinking of different things, if they're superstars, they then go, well, that means I got a great work ethic. How many times this year did we see and in the playoffs come flying back, diving to break up a possible two-on-one? That's probably more impressive to the organization. But don't take away that skill and creativity that Glenner had and showed yesterday.
2: Well, and that's the thing, pair. Like, that's, that's what's going to sell the game, right? When else are we going to see highlights from the Swedish Hockey League here? Um, whether it's on Sportsnet Central or you're seeing it on YouTube highlights or or gifs or or whatever on social media, right? That like that's the stuff that you kind of sit up and take notice. Not not the defensive back check, and yes, it, that's the stuff that helps you win. But man, the, his reaction just seems so tone deaf in 2020 where. Look what's going on with the other sports these days, right? I mean, what did we fall in love with with Fernando Tatis Jr. right now with the Padres in Major League Baseball? You know, he's starting to take the the Jose Bautista, the Joey Bats bat flip and take it that next level, right? The National Football League took years to finally get get their heads out of the sand and finally embrace the touchdown celebrations. And, man, the game's better for it because you're seeing the personality. The NBA, I mean, for the longest time, you know, the high fives, the introductions at the beginning, the dunks, the celebrations, all of it. And then the National Hockey League still having that sort of or hockey as a whole, just that sort of, uh, you know, oh, come on.
3: And nothing against defensive minded hockey players. But if you're as talented as Niels Holglander and the coach tells you, hey, don't try anything crazy in the neutral zone, that's just listening and making the simple play. To back check, that's just working hard and coming back. You know, we watched in a Canuck uniform, and for one reason or another seemed to be the official Nikolai Goldobin uh, fan cheering base here for a while at this radio station. Well, he had some really good offensive skills, and Travis Green was never complaining about that. It's just like, what do you do to go get the puck? What do you do when you don't have the puck? That's a conversation every superstar has, and I'm sure it's something Hoaglander will have, but on all intents and purposes... Is this kid when he doesn't have the puck wants to get it just like Pedersen does. So they'll be able to teach him what to do in the neutral zone, what to do in his own zone, and then if you're good, just like they told Quinn Hughes last year, Quinn Hughes, what did the coaching staff say? They said go play, just go play. We'll have a defenseman there to help you. Just go do your thing, do your instinct. Pedersen hasn't had the reins pulled on him, and I don't think Hoaglander will either. I do think of the case with both these young superstars that the Canucks are looking for. Pod Colson, who's been you know iffy as far as ice time in the KHL, and Hoaglander there where, you know, this kid's been listening to hang on January 3rd. Maybe that's when camp starts. He's getting closer to the end. I have to think mentally for both of them. They've been sitting here and waiting go, hey, I actually got a legitimate shot when I get to the Canucks. They're talking about me. I'm not going to say he's... Uh, he's checked out, but I think mentally he has maybe has luggage right by the door going, I'm almost done. And so now he's having so much fun. He put on a performance like that, scores a goal, and then his coach is maybe a little pissed that he's going or a little pissed that, yeah, yeah, you're getting the headlines and I got to answer questions about you. But what about that back check you let go, man? Just, just recognize the fact that he did something really special and smile and laugh, go, that's crazy what he just did. Yeah, like play that rec-
2: recognize that Like, there's very few people. Like, think about the current Canucks roster right now. Who can do that? Like, beyond Hoaglander, like, Pedersen, beyond Pedersen, you know, would maybe Quinn Hughes have that ability to do that? I
3: don't know. Yeah, know but I, mean, I like, think it, Bo can guys. do that. I think Bo shot a few times. It's just there's a lot of them can do that and probably do it practice. It's just right, but Jay Beagle isn't doing that, that right? pair.
2: Like Jay Beagle's not doing that. Antoine Roussel's probably not doing that. Alex Edler's not doing that. You know what I mean? Like you go up and down that line of Jake Fertanen's probably not pulling that off, right? With that sort of success, Louis Erickson. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's a, there's a there's a skill to that that to be able to pull that off. And I get man, you want to be a well rounded player, but I, I just that that reaction just seems so tone deaf. Because what like people are talking about the Swedish Hockey League. People are talking about Hoaglander because of that goal. And it's just look, Quinn Hughes is an all-star because of his offensive ability. Not because he's a shutdown D. People want flair. Goals sell the sport. And that was a beautiful goal. And that sells the sport of hockey.
3: You can't coach that, right?
2: No, there's, there's no, Hell no that has
3: nothing to do with their head coach. And I think once coaches realize that and go, that's awesome. The only thing I can coach him is in the neutral zone. So from his coaching card, he goes, oh, Hoglander wasn't great. You know, we told him to really shut things down in the neutral zone. And he threw some passes and he tried some dumb moves. Okay. And there's a time and a place, right? Okay. That guy's having you on to do the interview. And he's going to ask you about maybe one of the most spectacular goals they've seen. If not this year that they've seen in a long, you know, going, that's unbelievable. Coach has got to go. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you know what? I don't know how he does those things, and I just smile at what he does. Okay. One more time, Coach. Was it great? Yes, I can't believe he did that. And that was a powerful shot. It wasn't flip. Then, you know what? Go into the dressing room. Go, hey, Nils, awesome goal, but guess what? You want me to show you the four times he gave a puck away in the neutral on? Understand where the cameras are and what you're selling, and I think that's your point. That's what you're selling. You sell when the cameras are there and the microphones in front of you. Tell them something different behind closed doors, but you don't have to hear that.
2: A hundred percent. And that's like that's what's going to sell tickets, right? Even John uh, texting in on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650 saying the exact same thing. I get it. I know, then as a coach, I do think about the turnover and what it means. I guess that type of comment should only be in the locker room. And, that's, and exactly. I think that's exactly the point that you're making there. Uh, 642, we're going to play stat me up in just a moment. Hey, it's a reminder today that uh, it's Food Bank Friday. We're raising money in support of the Greater Vancouver F- Food Bank. It's real simple to take part. We're doing it virtually this year. Just simply text a uh, uh, carrot emoji at 30333. 30333. That's a $5 donation if you just text a carrot emoji to that number. Banana text. That is $10, and a heart emoji is $25. And just simply text 30333, and you can make a difference in a world of good today on this Food Bank Friday. Steve uh, uh, Steve Rapp joined us earlier. We're going to play uh, with Scott Brown from Fifth Avenue Real Estate and Marketing uh, when we play Stat Me Up next right here on Sportsnet 650.
0: Grab your calculators because it's time to stat me up on the starting lineup. Here's James Cebulski, Perry Solkowski, and the million-dollar man, Scott Brown. 6.48 on this
2: uh, Friday morning, Food Bank Friday. Make sure you're helping out. The Thunder from Jalunder just texting in on the Dunbar Lumber text yes. line at six fifty-six fifty, saying that he donated. Always happy to help, a good cause, especially this time of the year. Merry Christmas to everyone, and happy, healthy holidays. So thank you, Thunder. Like seeing that, pair.
3: Yeah, please do. If you don't know, it's uh, Food Bank Friday, so you can uh, donate in many ways. Just text, as we said earlier, 30333. A carrot's $5, bananas $10, red heart, if you're feeling. Great way to start your weekend by helping uh, those who need it. uh
7: Scotty Brown. Scotty, how are you, buddy? Good. Thrilled you're doing that. I'll do that right when we get off this call. I'll do a little text. That's fantastic. Well, we
3: appreciate it, my friend. We knew we could count on you. Uh, guys, my number is eleven. 11-
7: On second down,
0: Newton trying to set up a screen. He's picked. Back the other way and down the sideline is Kenny Young. He makes a move and ends up in the end zone with a pick six.
3: Eleven years in a row, the New England Patriots have played playoff football. Their chances after that loss last night are now down to six percent. That is the chance they have of making the playoffs. The longer streak is over. You know, we've questioned and we'll wait and see. We went into this year going, oh, who's it going to be? Brady? Is Brady better on his own? Or is it Belichick? Well, the answer seems to be, although it hasn't been perfect, that the Pats miss Tom Brady more than Tom Brady misses his head
7: coach. Mm. Scotty? Well, the Pats not being in the playoffs is going to be as awkward as Gary Adams in a Cleveland Browns jersey, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. (laughs) So prepping for today, I I bumped into this day in history, but that's not my number, but I thought it's worth noting. This was the date in 1981 that Muhammad Ali fought his last fight, his 61st bout, and lost to Trevor Burbick. Interesting. Uh, But I went more seasonal. Christmas time, into the research node, Craving some hockey. So Canucks fan Christmas gift suggestions as picked off the internet. Top five. Uh, It's a very odd site. I'm not even going to mention it. Number five in the list is an autographed signed Cam Neely Canucks hockey puck with a number 21 on it. Uh, Number four in the top five, urinal pucks with Brad Marchand's hockey card etched on them. You can pee and pee. Uh, Number three, NHL checking buddy inflatable punching bag Uh, player of choice you can get printed on it but they did caution on the website that they're sold out of Louis Erickson in fact they sold out in a day Uh, (laughs) and then number two special Canucks edition COVID-19 vaccine that is actually dispensed through tapping the top of a number 19 Naslin bobblehead doll apparently so that'll be interesting and the last one a stick and rink branded phone attachment that acts as a breathalyzer preventing use of Twitter after Canuck losses by Canucks fans, obviously well-impaired. <laughs> so happy holidays. Good. I, for one, don't want five. I want tickets to be able to attend the live event. I am craving that right now.
3: Love
2: it. Love it. Well played, sir. Well done. Um, my number this morning, guys, how about this one? Ten. We have a trade to announce. Jim Benning is known to be the draft guy, right? I mean, we're all on the same page on this. Jim Benning is, you know, he's the draft guru, right? Get this. Jim Benning, since taking over as general manager of the Vancouver Canucks in 2014, has traded away 10 picks in the first three rounds going back to 2014. Kind of looking at this the other day, he's traded away a first rounder. Obviously, we know that one from JT Miller. Five second-round picks he's traded away since becoming Canucks GM. The Toffoli deal, good Branson deal, Sutter, Berchi, Vay, and then four third-round picks. Miller, Padan, Kessler, and Dorsett. But 10 draft picks in the first three rounds Jim Benning has dealt away since 2014. I thought that was crazy to see.
3: I think it depends where you are in your organization. What do you have? Are you building? Do you need for immediate? And now are you hanging on? That's a big number. But considering where this team was and what he needed to do, I mean, I was the one guy that said, okay, I'm okay with JT Millie for a first rounder because you don't need to wait another three years. And now you look at it, we're waiting for two guys to come, two years removed from being picked. It's a big number, but I think it's where you are in the process. And uh, I like I'm not complaining with what he's done.
7: Maybe the psychology of it is just like Christmas candy and potato chips, though. Jim just couldn't stop with one. <laughs> so, had to have another, had to have another. He just got addicted to it, so. What's Love your real estate it. number, What do you buddy? got for real estate number, yeah. 22, boys. Daniel and Sadeen inspired 22. I was going to go sub-zero, because HSBC has got a screaming low interest rate they're advertising right now. But, uh, 22, so end of the year, compiling some stats. Had a presentation panel on Zoom with about 200 people in the industry talking about the market. and We're starting to get our calls for outlooks. This year, if you didn't look at it month by month, it looks actually fantastic. But if you looked at it, you know, by that month, we went into the valley of despair between March 19th and kind of June 19th. But the new multifamily home sales market is going to have increased by approximately 22% in a COVID year from almost 7,600 sales last year to just over 9,000 this year. And it's projected to increase, ironically, next year to eleven thousand two hundred fifty sales, another twenty two percent increase. <laughs> so that's crazy. Wow. Um, it's a, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody. Is coming to an area, new year in terms of housing, but uh, also just in terms of everything. And we got to get going. I mean, we're you know not this Friday, but the next Friday, we're into it. So I was talking to Greg, and he's got his shopping done. I better get on my horse and get it done for my internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the way to do it.
3: Scotty, Thank for all this, buddy. Nice job with your list today. Some uh, <laughs> some great gifts there, great gift ideas for stocking stuffers. Um, enjoy the football. Have a safe weekend.
2: Have a good one. We'll talk next week, boys. There he is, Scott Brown from Fifth Avenue Real Estate and Marketing, uh, joining us here this morning on Sportsnet 650. All right, six minutes to 7 o'clock. Uh, lots to get to. Uh, the NHL had a lot of people up in arms yesterday over talk that they were uh, – Looking to get in on the vaccine action. Uh, Maybe before some people were uh, ready for them to get in on the vaccine action. We'll get to that. Plus, one of the fastest players in the National Football League will join us coming up in a couple of moments, Tavon Campbell from the L.A. Chargers. And he's Canadian. Yeah, we'll get that story next right here on your Home of the
0: Canucks Sportsnet 650. Let's get it going. It's time to get up. Newton trying to set up a screen, he's picked. Back the other way and down the sideline is Kenny Young. He makes a move and ends up in the end zone with a pick six. These guys are here to break it all down. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner.
1: Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay
0: f- calm! This is the starting lineup with James Savolsky and Perry Solkowski.
2: Two minutes after 7 o'clock here on this Friday morning, it's the starting lineup. James Sobolsky, Perry Solkowski, and a reminder that this hour is a presentation of Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner, Arbutus Street in Vancouver, or check them out online at DunbarLumber.com. Pear, uh, a friendly reminder to all of our listeners and all of our friends this morning that today is a special day, and it's a day about giving and helping, and we're asking for a little help this morning on this Food Bank Friday.
3: Yeah, Food Bank Friday, virtual fundraiser. We started it an hour ago. We're going to have it till six o'clock all day long. You'll hear about it on Sportsnet 650. You'll also hear about it on our sister stations at at Kiss Radio, News 1130, and Jack FM. Uh, Listen, um, this is uh, 2020 in every situation has been a difficult year. Uh, The Food Bank needs you no matter what, and more so this year than ever. So we'd love for you to donate. Uh, Everything will be matched dollar wise up to $25,000 and we've made it really simple for you You just need to text number you text is 30333 30333 you just need to text emojis a carrot emoji is worth $5 a banana emoji to 3333 is $10 and if you have a big heart we need a red heart. That'll be a twenty-five dollar donation. If, if you can't and you're you're at home and and you got the computer, just log on to sportsnet.ca/slash six fifty/slash events and you can go there. So please, on this Friday, this is the great way, James, to start your weekend. You give a little bit, and then the next thing you know, your your morning's good. Everything gets better for you. Can I just say one thing before we get into it? We're gonna uh, hook up with uh, Los Angeles um, Chargers, Devon Campbell, who is a um, a Canadian University of Regina playing in the NFL. But you know what? Walsy there talking about the Whitecaps. We haven't talked much about it. And and charges uh, laid towards Bob Baratta and how he conducted himself. But, the, you know, is, is it Axel Schuster who's got absolutely nothing to do, Schuster's got nothing to do with the time and place, that apologizes for the organization saying they had to be better? Was that not the time for ownership to step up or or anybody involved and just say, hey, by the way, we were a part of it? Axel had nothing to do. He was in Germany at the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, Axel's been here for what? About a year now. Uh, from yeah. from the hire. You know, look, there was an independent investigation that was conducted um, that kind of cleared the white caps of any wrongdoing on this, right? And I think they they can. I don't want. I don't think hide is is the right term here on this one. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there was kind of the words that were used in this independent review, prudent, um, you know, doing things reasonably, handling it reasonably. You know, they also had, you know, a lack of communication that they were criticized for in this investigation. But here's the one thing that I do know, Pear, and I think we were all very sensitive about handling this uh, going back a year and a half ago. Everybody was very mindful about what to say and the allegations that were initially made by Kira McCormick because there was concerns about lawsuits and litigation. Uh, but the one thing that everybody said quietly was overwhelmingly anybody in the soccer community that knew about Bob Barata, who had been, who has been charged with four mm-hmm. counts here. They all said this guy was a creeper 25 years ago. Like, there's one guy I know who's been involved in the soccer community at high levels here for, you know, 30, 40 years. And I remember his wife even saying, like, she met this guy, you know, 15, 20 years ago. She's like, man, and she had nothing to do with soccer. And she was like, that guy gives me the creeps. Like, this guy rubbed people the right. There were whispers in the soccer community for the longest time, and it continued, right? And, I mean, here yeah. he was coasting, uh, you know, he was involved with minor youth soccer here up until, what, a year, a year and a half ago. And now yeah, police did, charges that Kiara McCormick brought forward, are they proved to be right.
3: It's very true. I mean, some of the conversations we had in our hallways were, were not stuff that you could have on air um and, and so i'm glad obviously the charges have come forth and i understand though you know the, the white caps, in a sense apologize that they should have done more earlier and, and you know you're waiting for them to come up with something yesterday to me it just probably should have come from someone who was there and said listen we as simple as hey we need it to be better well we wish we would have handled this whole situation better we have been alerted and that's it i just think the fact that it come from someone who had nothing to do with it 10 years ago wasn't even part of Anything to do with the organization, I and I, and I, I'm not people going to bobble and do No, you know, it didn't even have to be from Bob. I mean, they did, and they they uh, worked with investigators as they should, probably from ownership. Very simple, but just there's not people from that are still there to do with it.
2: Yes, but there, there's people that are still there that you're alluding to that that are pretty quiet yes. right now.
3: Yeah, just say, hey, we, we're understanding. I wish we could have been better and and it would never have gone this far. Simple as that. Just thought it came from the wrong person yesterday, as far as their PR was yeah, concerned.
2: Yeah, I I don't I don't think you're wrong with that. I think that's totally fair. And and you know what? I think something else that needs to be said is you know shout out and and major props to you know some of the some of the Vancouver Whitecaps fans that stood mm-hmm. up and demanded action here. You know, fans that walked out. Right? Remember, we saw that in some of the protests at times. And you know, we, we thought, hey, I mean, I think there's always the Second guessing, could you have done more? But fans walked out during games. Right, there were hundreds of fans that that staged walkouts and and had those walkouts. You know, stood in the concourse, demanding action, bringing more and more attention to what Kiara McCormick had initially spoke out about. This is almost two years ago. Like you got to go back to February 2019. Like we're now in December of 2020 here, Pear. Mm-hmm. And and finally yesterday, like an investigation that took what almost two years. And we finally saw four charges uh, against Bob Arati yesterday, um, you know, that that go back that these incidents happening between 1988 and 2008. So over the course of of 20 years that these charges against four different people, several sexual offenses.
3: Well, and credit for her to be brave enough to step up. And, you know, and Andrea Neal and other teammates stepped up, right? And then you're, you're right. And, and, and she said as much yesterday um, that it, it was people not letting this story just simmer and go, oh, well, let's move on. No, fans were going to make sure that they let their voice be known and brought more attention to the case. And, um, you know, she had said and she was on a radio station, emotional day for her. Um, and listen, and sometimes it takes way too long. But you're right, it's such a delicate situation. I saw this, and I know we got to get to Campbell in a second. I, I, I don't know if you saw the video I was explaining it to you, but there is a scene LeBron James had went at, a, a Pop Warner coach somewhere in the States that just hammered an eight- or nine-year-old player across the side of the head with an open hand a couple of times. And I'm just going, my gosh, how does someone like that get to be in charge of youth sports? And I know you've done it, I've done it, you go through the criminal record checks, but man anytime there's any close issue no matter what the case we've got to step up real quick as parents who see it whether it's your team or others team and suggest something's wrong here and you got to make sure it's safety first for everyone involved and i hope that's a little bit of the lesson we learned from this
2: yeah times have changed right and and the fact that this stuff gets out there and I mean it still exists yeah you're right um, and and I think there are more and more people are willing to speak up and stand up now to those sorts of actions it's great to see uh, a lot of people standing up yesterday against the news that the NHL was looking at getting uh, some doses of the vaccine people losing their minds on a report from John Shannon on Twitter last night uh, over this idea uh, it later clarified look the NHL has no intention of jumping the queue but man we shouldn't like for all the people that had the moral outrage yesterday on Twitter going, ah, this is the rich people just taking advantage, jumping the line again. Like We shouldn't be surprised that pro sports leagues are going to look about trying to get their hands and trying to vaccinate all of their athletes and, and employees around the league. Like This is something these are billion dollar sports here, Pair.
3: If you're 21 years old and you find out that you're going to get your vaccine shot, however it's distributed and say, hey, Next, next August, I hope you didn't think you were going to go and in line behind you was Elias Petterson. Oh, yeah, no, it was the 21-year-old day. No, it's not the case. <laughs> These pro athletes are going to have people say, hey, as soon as we can purchase it as a company, as a league, let us know. We need to get our players vaccinated. They're traveling all over the place. That is business. And I can understand initially there was a John Shannon tweet. Hey, they'll get it. You can't jump the queue. But they're saying, hey, where's the lineup for those who have big checkbooks? And I'm not surprised. I'm sure the same thing is going on in Hollywood. You don't think Disney announcing all those things are, hey, when, when can we get it? You know, That's just part of their entertainment world. That's that's how the world works. If you have money, you're going to step in front of some people. But right now, at the NHL, to me, a little bit of a PR nightmare because of John Shannon, because I'm sure they knew there was going to be backlash. There will be when it happens, and I'm sure they're prepared for it. But really, people, are you shocked that that's the setup?
2: Also some, uh, some we can get to this uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, but also some some talk about some possible tweaks to the realignment for this upcoming mm-hmm. year that we were raving about. I don't think the change in the all-Canadian division, but uh, some possible tweaks we'll get to coming up in just a little bit. But week number 14 of the National Football League kicked off last night with a dominant victory by the LA Rams over the New England Patriots. Uh, the Chargers, they're home to the Atlanta Falcons uh, this morning, and we head to uh, Los Angeles bright and earlier this morning one of the fastest men in the national football league joins us and he waves the maple leaf proudly we're talking about defensive back to campbell good morning Tavon. how you doing man morning
4: i'm good how you guys doing
2: i'm good you know everybody talks about you know fastest guys in the league and you know we talk about andre degrasse here in this country being so fast i don't know if you get enough credit on it, often enough about being one of the fastest guys like give me what's your fastest 40 time ever
4: uh I was hand timed at uh 419. So I guess what? be my fastest time. Hmm.
3: Now, let's keep the fast thing uh, theme going. Uh you're joining us now uh in between meetings. I'm sure it's probably more prep than Atlanta than it was looking back at New England. How fast did you and some of your teammates want to get out of that film room? What has the week been like after having to look back at that?
4: I mean, uh yeah, that—that's definitely not something we wanted to end the week on. <laughs> but um, I guess we just got to move forward and focus on the next game, and I think that's—that's that's kind of the mentality on the team and in the NFL. Well,
2: way to go, Perry! How to bring him up with some positive energy here? From that, he's trying yes, to forget about. Listen, back.
3: He got out of that very good answer. You got out of that fine. We move forward on to Cincinnati, as Belichick says, right? <laughs> Hey, Tavon, you got a pretty
2: remarkable story in terms of where you're at and, and your journey. I want to get into it in a moment, but like, tell me this. As a, as a DB in the National Football League coming from the CFL, does it almost feel easier because of a smaller field going from, you know, being in the CFL going, man, I gotta, <laughs> I'm gotta i running around everywhere in the CFL where it's a little more compact, it's a little more intimate in the NFL?
4: Uh, I'd say for me, for me, it definitely, uh, I want to say feels easier, but – it's definitely better than the CFL field and competing on the CFL against the receivers out there. It's just, yeah, as you said, it's a lot more compact and things gotta happen now instead of later, as opposed in the CFL.
3: Uh, it's Von Campbell of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you know, we have Christian Covington on quite a bit because we've known Christian since he was in high school here in Vancouver. We certainly know of Cam Wake. Normally, when we're talking of guys who played in the CFL. They they lit it up in the CFL. And they said, okay, now you're getting your chance. Your route comes from the University of Regina. But I get the sense for you, and Akeem Hicks was part of that, of course, of the Chicago Bears of that Regina team. I get the sense for you that like it was always you know, nothing against the CFL, but you always thought athletically you could go against the best. Is that kind of the mindset you had, even going back to university in Saskatchewan? Oh, no, definitely.
4: That's kind of... How I kind of live my life, I never want to see myself as oh, i don't i don't know if I could do that or i don't know if they might be too good for me No, nah, i never I never really look at it like that I always look at it like i I'm here to compete with the best, and I think I can compete with the best of them in the c f l in the n f l in any college sport or whatever it is
2: you know and you look at your you look at the journey we touched on i mean you go from you know, university football, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're in the Canadian Football League. But not only that, are you are you kind of, you know, it's almost like Batman and Bruce Wayne, your alter egos are Tony Stark, Iron Man, depending if you're a DC or Marvel guy. But, you know, you kind of, you also got discovered and from a rugby standpoint as well, like you became all of a sudden a player on the Canadian Rugby Sevens team as well. Like, is that done? Are you still looking at rugby now or are you looking at your paycheck in the NFL going, yeah, I don't think I'm doing rugby for a little bit now?
4: I mean, I'm definitely a Marvel guy. Touching on that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I uh, I see red. Like I, I love playing rugby. That was my first year playing it, and I really enjoyed it. But in uh, in terms of time and what I have time, I have to spend on rugby right now, it's I don't have it. So football is definitely in the forefront. But in the future, if I ever uh, stop playing football, then uh, I might I might check it out.
3: Who have you gone up against, uh, or even a teammate, where you go, man? Like, I, I it doesn't sound like you were lacking any confidence, confidence. And if if there was an athletic competition, you go, sign me up, I'll take on anybody. But you always hear people go, hey, you get to the NFL, big, fast, strong, great. Has there been one athlete you've competed against, or even on your team? You go, you know, hey, I, I can run with him, but but that guy is as smooth as it gets.
4: Um, obviously, you look at guys like you Keenan know. Allen and um, one of the best right runners in our league, so he's definitely been a <laughs> a big competition in practice, and especially the last year, too, when I first came into the league, and first really got a taste of what Keenan Allen puts out on the field, and yeah, he's definitely one of the hardest I've had to face.
2: Have you, uh, have you had a starstruck moment at all in uh, matching up against anybody yet?
4: Uh, not yet. I kind of don't focus on that stuff. I kind of Kind of try to focus on me.
3: Is it complicated? Do fans know how complicated it is, or would you look at your position and athleticism can overcome uh, lack of experience?
4: No, it's definitely complicated. I don't think uh, I don't think fans really grasp the whole concept of being like competing as an athlete in the NFL and how and how hard it is. They kind of just see the, the athlete on game day and. Expect you to make plays, but no, it's definitely hard. You could have all the all the raw talent in the world and still not make it in the NFL. So it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely hard.
2: Tavon Campbell with us here on Sportsnet six fifty. Who's the fastest guy in the league in your opinion right now?
4: Um, other than me, I'd say <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Tyreek Hill, hands down.
2: Uh... Other than you, I love the confidence pair.
3: Well, no that that's what you need. Um, compare uh, Regina and Mosaic and what used to be Taylor Field to SoFi Stadium.
4: Uh, at <laughs> at about four point five billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's but that's fair. It's yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's pretty much. I don't know how to explain it. It's. Imagine Regina, and then imagine Los Angeles, California.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, it seems like you've got all the bells and whistles in that stadium. Pretty much.
4: You got, you got everything. You had a great concourse. You had a great stadium, a great field, great um, fan experience. It's just like an overall feel. It just feels comfy and good in
2: there. Uh, important pressing questions, as you uh, alluded to a few minutes ago, that you're a Marvel guy. Um, who's your, who, who ranks number one on your power rankings of superheroes?
3: Deadpool. Deadpool? Really? Deadpool. Do you like
2: Ryan Reynolds as
3: Deadpool or what? Uh, yes. He's my cool guy, so I got to give him some love.
2: Okay.
3: Um, your head coach has been in the headlines a lot. Uh, do players just put that to the side? I mean, how difficult is it? I like that football team you have on, on craziness. A rookie quarterback that's going the right way. I think you guys can ball. It's just a matter of getting it together. How frustrating has it been, or is it? Is it difficult to go? Let's leave poor performances behind us. You've lost some close football games. Uh, is that the toughest part of being in the NFL, a regular?
4: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to look back on the games we've lost, and we we, we could say it could have gone either way. Really, we could be. A ten and three team, or a ten and two team, right now, or what we are, and that's kind of how how it shook out. So it's definitely hard to look back, but I think in the NFL, everyone's everyone's a competitor, and everyone's a contender to to win and lose in the in the NFL. So yeah,
2: it's crazy. Like you guys have lost some heartbreakers, right? Like you, I think there's three games that you guys have lost by three points or less. Like that's it's such like you know. don't need me to tell you, it's such a fine line between winning and losing, especially in a, in a $15 billion a le- year
4: league, right? Yeah, definitely. It, it hurts.
3: Um, has it been tough for you, to want to adjust to what, you know, and you guys haven't had to a lot with COVID. We saw Dead, Des Bryant warming up last night, and then all of a sudden he's not in the game. Uh, being young on that team, has it been difficult? What's the protocol been like for you to, to get to the, the facilities and play and travel?
4: Um the protocols aren't too too crazy. They're definitely different because this is how it works out and it, it's inconvenient I'd say at best, but it's definitely not impossible.
2: Is your uh is your Madden rating uh fair to your stat- standards?
4: I mean I'm a new guy, so I I'm not complaining. But I think if I was a <laughs> but if I was but, a vet, but yeah, but there's always going to be a but. If I was a six-year vet, I think it would be a lot different than it is now. Okay. But I think it's just the rookie aspect of it. Uh,
3: pick six on Flacco. I wish I could tell you the crowd went crazy. Uh, no one there. You didn't have to go far with it. I'm sure you would have went sixty-six if you had to. What was that moment yeah. like?
4: Um. I don't like I don't know how to put it in words. It was just crazy. It was great.
2: I think there's a lot of people uh, that thought the same thing on this side of the border as well, watching from from afar. I'll tell you what, congratulations, Devon. Like you are a remarkable story, and I and I think I don't think people quite understand. You know, we talk about athletes of the year uh, in this country, and obviously the accomplishments, a lot of what Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has done, and Alfonso Davies. But you know, your story, I think more and more people are just starting to find out. Um, beyond just what you did in the Canadian Football League and speed to burn, but to do what you did from a rugby standpoint and pick up that sport so quickly as well, and now to see that you're doing it and repping and waving the Maple Leaf as proudly as you are uh, with the L.A. Chargers, a pick six against a guy who's won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. Man, congratulations. Like, like it, It's pretty impressive to see your journey and to do it so fast. And You're only 27, man. It feels like the sky's the limit for you.
4: Yeah, man, I really appreciate that. I'm just... Trying to put everything out there and trying to do it while I can while I'm young. So, Yeah, more to come, hopefully.
3: Well, it's your job to play. It's our job up here in the media to let people know that, hey, uh, we know where all the Canadians are, and they got to keep an eye on what you're doing because I think that's a good young football team that's only going to be better. I uh, hope you're a big part of it, man. I appreciate the time. Uh, good luck with, uh, with Julio and, and Atlanta this weekend.
4: Thank you. Thank you, guys, for having me.
2: Devon Campbell from the Los Angeles Chargers. And the man can flat out fly 4.19 unofficially. <laughs> That's fast. Well, and
3: it's, uh, yeah, and you know what, James, as his coach was saying, you, you think about it. He hasn't played American football rules for a long time, right? But uh, there he is. And if you're a great athlete, you've got an opportunity. He can fly. He's a good athlete. He's learning the position. And, you know, if you're a DB, right now the points they've been given up, there's an opportunity for you to crack it. He's had some starts there. They just gave up 45. They need to be better. He needs to get on that field. But uh, how long – the tough thing about the NFL is every year you've got somebody coming out of college and is right behind you, right, always right behind you. But he's a great story, so keep an eye on if you're watching any of the Chargers games to see if he's doing something because it's fun to see And his journey has not been a normal one. It wasn't superstar stardom. University of Regina, bounced around a couple CFL teams, hang out with the Jets for a bit, and now he's getting some playing time with the Chargers. Good stuff.
2: 25 minutes after 7 o'clock still to come here on this uh, Friday morning. No BS, just P.S. We give you the details next right here on Sportsnet 650.
0: He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter. Sort of. We call BS. You want BS? I want the truth. It's not BS, just PS. With Perry Solkowski. Well,
3: that's get uh, Nothing but the facts for you, everybody. A little PS. Uh, do we have our first Canucks couple of social media? It started out with. James started with the kiss, turned into a wedding, turned into a failed kick to the head from Adam Godette to his bride, Michaela, turned into that video going viral. Adam now talking and getting Leas Petterson yesterday on Twitch and playing. Michaela doing a podcast episode yesterday. Adam promotes. Then Michaela says, hey, everybody watch Adam on Twitch because he tells me for every viewer, I'm going to get a dollar so I can go shopping with that money. As he streamed last night, Adam, of course, using social media, says, hey, thanks, everybody. Turns out he had 635 viewers at one point. That's money for Michaela. And you know all this, James, because these two, the Gaudettes, are all over social media.
2: Vancouver's a royal couple, is that what uh, we're going to look at them as, or a social media couple? I don't know if
3: the royal couple, but you're you're kind of part of the wedding party in their life right now because uh, they're very busy. <laughs> Just don't media. kick her
2: in the head again.
3: Yes. P.S. I couldn't lie, and I knew I had to talk about this news yesterday from Disney. Truth is, I am Iron Man. No! <laughs> Over the next few years, not like you need to know the Seabolt, Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, 15 Disney live action, Disney folks and folks like you going crazy. Man, it's just, who's going to the theaters anymore?
2: You know, Greg Balak on the other side of the glass. Well, I mean, there's a vaccine coming, man. We'll get a, uh, we'll get a sense of normalcy sooner rather than later. But look, Disney Plus has been... A huge success since it launched a year ago. The Mandalorian is there's there's your there's your gold star or the bar has been set. And mm-hmm. Greg Balick was kinda, you know, lamenting yesterday on social media, well oh, there's too much, no, not everything's gonna be a hit. Doesn't matter, man. People want content. You know, not yeah. everything's gonna be a home run, but you got a new you got a new Indiana Jones movie that's gonna come out in about a year and a half. Like Indiana Jones is gonna be eighty years old, Harrison Ford. You got you know another Black Panther movie coming out, and they're not going to recast Chadwick Boseman. Christian Bale, who played Batman, is now going to do something in the Marvel universe, playing a villain in a Thor movie. Pear, it is all happening. Obi Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, and Hayden Christensen are re- com- are coming back as Obi Wan and Darth Vader. Like big day yesterday. Can we just have one new idea, guys? Come on, one
3: new idea. That's all I ask. What it's, do you want? You know what, Balak. Yeah, I am, Balak, I am so with you. And so all they're doing is regurgitating, and I understand that because C-ball hasn't been this excited for a long time since he got his tickets to world wrestling. But that's why, and I'll tell you what I got into. I, I told you I went through Shits Creek, and it felt so good to be a Canadian to watch how good that series was. But so many people, and I think it was our camp era, saying, man, the Queen's Gambit's great. The, the Queen's Gambit. And so my wife and I started that a couple of days ago. And the only reason, like, I'm watching it and I'm going, why is this so good? Like, it's it's about chess. But to Balak's point, I'm going, all right, haven't seen that idea before. I'm buying into this story. Man, I like new ideas. And Disney's just going, hey, this was awesome in the 70s. We'll do it again. But it's content. And, James, to your point, you've got people at the age of 30 to 60 going, oh, I can't believe it. Sitting with the kids. You're going to love this. And then you just, where did the story go from there? And you turn it around.
2: Pair, honestly, you look at look at what's like. I think there's a reboot of Punky Brewster that's being made right now. You know they're doing a Save by the Bell reboot. Man, retro yeah. is in. Like the Transformer cartoons are still being pumped out, right? I mean, it's look. I mean, if you don't like wow. it, hey, here's a crazy idea. If you don't like it, don't watch.
3: Well, listen, I I I, I can get sucked in because you're the guy going. Have you not watched Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai, it's great. And I was, really? What are you doing? I gave it 10 minutes, shut it off, and then I went back to it a day later. I'm going, that's the greatest show ever. Ever. I <laughs> this, right? I'm going, is there a season three? Yes, there is. Awesome. When does it start? Did and you see the trailer for that next. this week?
2: Huh? Did you see the trailer for Cobra Kai uh, season three this week? No. Oh, they got the villain, the villain from Karate Kid 2 is in it, man. It's all happening. Oh.
3: Woo-hoo. It's a Friday, know, everybody. I know, B.S. I know. This is no B.S. Back in 2012, Larry Fitzgerald was up at Westwood Plateau to speak at a golf tournament. I was interviewing myself. I didn't even know. That's the Larry Fitzgerald? Yes, the <laughs> Hall of Famer.
0: Tyler
1: Murray on the pass. And it's going to be a touchdown.
3: Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald talking again yesterday, uh, not to me personally, but to the media, for the first time since battling COVID, James, and he just said, man, it was rough. I had some really tough days, dropped about nine pounds, and also started him thinking, so he redid his will. And a lot of people going, you know, and and that's the thing. And he's actually turned it into a positive. going, you know, I, I don't know how you are or how old you are, but guys... Think about it. Make sure you had it done. Life becomes different, and uh, that's what he did. A guy who is so fit, so good, and said, man, I, I battled this thing, and it was difficult. Larry Fitzgerald back, though, with the Arizona Cardinals. Larry, a lot of time for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. P.S., uh, we leave you with this commentary on baseball and the Astros from Family Guy on Sunday.
0: ESPN now returns to our 30 for 30 documentary on the Houston Astros cheating scandal.
5: We knew the Astros were stealing signals. Someone was back there banging on a trash can. We just couldn't figure out who. Several players were interviewed by the league, but none would reveal
7: the mastermind of this garbage can scheme. The beauty of that,
3: the pictures they show are a team photo, and there's Oscar the Grouch you know, in, in his garbage can right in the middle of the photo. <laughs> going That's who it was, which kind of put it all into context. Really? You went with the garbage can. Eh? You may as well put the most famous guy who hangs in a garbage can in the documentary. So some good stuff from Family Guy. There's a couple more P.S. I can add to it right now that just happened. P.S. Your guy, James, Eugene Melnick, just announcing this morning, he's got his own website out. And that's where you could go, where he'll be talking a lot of politics and a lot of sports. So maybe he's been muzzled by someone because he's been quiet for the last year. But Eugene Melnick has decided much like maybe on Twitter, Francesco Aquilini gets his point across and eliminates some singers. If you will, Melnick's going to have his own website and blog talking about what he thinks is important with this hockey team in the world, in the city of Ottawa.
2: My, uh, my dad sent me a picture that he's got, um, You know, at home, at his place, and it's a picture of he joined me for a couple of days at CFB Petawawa during the World Juniors training camp uh, about 11 years ago when Pat Quinn was coaching the team. And it's a picture of Pat in all his combat fatigues with my dad. And my dad's in the middle with Pat on one side and Eugene Melnick on the other. (laughs) And I kind of, he sent me the picture like, oh, what a memory. And to which I quickly cropped and just kind of put, my dad and Pat in there. They go, there, I fixed the picture for you. <laughs> mm. Just moving on. Yeah,
3: I wouldn't know how loved or hated he is in that city. I would think it's probably the latter. Uh, but not once well Wants to get his point across, right?
2: For sure. Uh, hey, you know what? Another, just another. Can I throw in an audible PS here for you? Yesterday, uh, from a pop culture standpoint, Tiny Lister died yesterday at the age of 62. And apparently after experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, Tiny Lister, better known to, I think, a lot of people listening this morning as Debo, the big bully from the movie Friday Mm -hmm. with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. But also Perry, also known as Zeus, who was the villainous bad guy for Hulk Hogan in the movie No Holds Barred but then they yeah. also tried to turn that into a wrestling angle, and Tiny Lister worked a couple of matches as Zeus in a SummerSlam and, and showed up, and they talked, they kind of built it as, these guys did not get along on set, and they turned it into a whole wrestling angle in addition to uh, the box office bomb that was no holds barred from 1989.
3: Yeah, hey, how old was he, So like 61 or 62? 62,
2: yeah, way too soon.
3: Yeah. Yeah, way too soon. There you go. No BS, everybody. Just a whole bunch of P.S. for you on this Friday morning. By the way, P.S., get outside if you've never seen the Northern Lights tonight or Borealis. Apparently visible in greater Vancouver if we get some clear skies. So uh, growing up in Alberta, you almost took it for granted. If you can see the Northern Lights, not very rare you get the opportunity in Vancouver. Could be a chance tonight. though.
2: Love it. Love it, man. The time of the season. All the Christmas lights are up. Another different set of lights. Uh, looking forward to that as well. All right, your Canucks commute coming your way at 8 o'clock. Nils Hoaglander, what a goal he sniped uh, yesterday. And uh, his coach didn't really give it the appreciation it deserved. We'll get into that story. And today is also a cause that is very near and dear to our heart. It is Food Bank Friday. We want to give you the details, how you can give and help make a difference. And we'll do that next right here on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650
0: welcome to the starting lineup with james sabulski and perry solkowski on the official home of the canucks sportsnet 650
2: all right 7:45. a reminder this hour is a presentation of dunbar lumber the smart alternative visit dunbar lumber on bridge street and ladner arbuter street in vancouver or check them out online at dunbarlumber.com Sobalski, Solkowski kicking it with you until 9 o'clock this morning. Pair, it is Food Bank Friday, and uh, that is the mission this morning uh, and all day today here, on not just on Sportsnet 650, but our sister stations uh, just down the hall at News 1130, Jack FM, uh, Kiss FM with Kevin and Sonia as well. Um, we're trying to raise money at a time for the Greater Vancouver Food Bank at a time where people really need it this year.
3: Yeah. And and let's consider it like a relay, right? We started at six in the morning. We will take this till six o'clock and we come out of the blocks pretty good. We've raised $14,000 so far. That was just after seven o'clock. So hopefully those numbers continue to grow. We've given you it before. We'll tell you again. Uh, It's very simple. I mean, think about it. You go get a coffee today. You're getting something else. Here's where you can help. You're in a good position. If that's what you're doing, going to get some coffee, there's others at this time of need that just want to put food on the table. Text a carrot emoji to 30333, 30333. A carrot will be $5. Text a banana at that same number, 30333. That'll be a $10 donation. If you've got a big heart, we need a red heart text and that'll be a $25 donation. First 25000 is going to be matched. We're at 14000 now as of seven oh five. So we need that to grow. We'll continue to give you updates on the station all day long. But yeah, you know, last year, James, we're on the corner of downtown and we're getting there. We're seeing people and they're bringing product. And you just don't have that this year. So you've got to do it virtually, like so many of the big events. But the food bank right here, uh, Christmas is a tough time for a lot of people. Let's make sure at least they are well fed. And this is our chance to do it today.
2: Cynthia Boulder, the uh, CEO of the Greater Vancouver Food Bank, uh, joins us here on the line this morning. Cynthia, like I, I don't know, is Perry taking all your thunder? Is is there anything else you could add on no, top of that? No. Good morning.
6: <laughs> well, I am impressed by your grasp of the current numbers. So well done. That's that's an awesome fundraising update. Uh, it's uh, it's a fantastic uh, day today for awareness about the the food bank, um, and as you say. Uh, you can donate uh, a little. You can donate a lot. Whatever's within your means, it all helps. Our buying power is strong. Um, sometimes it's $2. Sometimes it's $8, depending on what we're buying. So the amount of food we can bring in with people's donations uh, is so much more than you or I could could get at the grocery store.
3: And Cynthia, I would imagine by what we've had to deal with in our world over the last eight or nine months and the job loss we hear about, we make this push now and we do it because of the holiday season. But I would imagine there's been an awful lot of stress and a need as far as the food bank has been concerned all year long, is there not?
6: There is. Uh, you know, I mean, our, our numbers really haven't uh, dipped in the time that I have been with the food bank at all. It's been a, a constant climb. Um, And we've seen a couple different things since the pandemic hit. Um, And one of them is that some people are understandably concerned about going out and are interested in in more access to food within their local communities. So one of the things we did was uh, take the government money, that federal money that we have never received before, and we we bought a bunch of industrial-sized fridges and freezers. And we offered them to community agency partners that we have, new community agencies we haven't yet dealt with and said, hey, if you've got room for these, we'll give you these with this federal money and we'll give you food for up to 450 people a week to supply your food programs, to increase your capacity and sustainability and to help people get food locally, um, because all of our distribution sites were shut down when the pandemic hit. So we had to find new a larger, safe, COVID-safe uh, locations, which we have done, but not everybody feels safe coming out. So we're in a position now where, month over month, we're putting out 200,000 pounds more food into the community uh, than we were a year ago, and that's a, in a combination of the people we serve directly as well as all of our community agencies. So that feels good.
2: Cynthia Bolter from the uh, Greater Vancouver Food Bank here on Sportsnet 650 with us. What are you seeing this year and is there a different trend that all you're seeing this year compared to years past? I mean we've talked so much about you know twenty twenty unique, challenging difficult. Uh, give us a sense of what you see on the front lines
6: we've We've seen a few different trends. so if we look at a year ago, we had more females uh signing up as new clients. We're seeing a higher percentage of males this year. And certainly, it varies city by city. So, in Vancouver, it's been quite fascinating to watch. Um, We've got about thirty percent of our clients coming each day are seniors, and another twenty percent are are adults, but they're and they're single. Um, So, we have a lot of single and couple and seniors in Vancouver. Whereas, if you look to say Burnaby or New Westminster, Um, we are seeing more families. And then North Vancouver can kind of be a a combination of everything. So it is interesting uh, across the demographic or across the cities we support what we see. Um, And we've also seen just sort of internally, we've had to reduce our volunteers. Uh, We used to be able to have 75 volunteers a day in our warehouse, for example, uh, sorting the food. And when the pandemic hit, we had to drop that to 20 a day, two groups of 10. So we've been able to bump that up. Um, but that that is a real need for us right now. The donations are always valuable. But for those people who who feel safe, our volunteers tell us frequently they feel safe. We're always listening uh, to them and what more we can do. But we are Work B C approved and Health Authority approved. We do need help distributing food and sorting food. Um, so for those who are interested in getting out and supporting right on the front lines, we would love you to sign up on our website.
3: Uh, and, and Cynthia, once again, how can people donate? And, and, you know, hey, we're pushing it on our radio station uh, today mm-hmm. from 6 till 6, but obviously it doesn't end there. Just, just one more time for our listeners, how they can help out today and certainly in the future.
6: You've mentioned the emoji campaign for today, and that's great. You can always donate on our website at foodbank.bc.ca. There'll be a Donate Now button right on the front page. Uh, It's an online secure donation platform. Uh, You can donate one time, or uh, if you really want to be a rock star superhero, you could sign up to be a monthly donor. Monthly donors are so valued uh, because it's regular revenue that we can count on anything that you can give will be put towards getting healthy food to those in need that's our mission and the amount of food we are giving to individuals and families and the quality of food has never been better we're super proud of it
2: thanks cynthia uh have a safe and happy holidays and uh here's hoping that the good times keep going all day long today
6: Thank you guys for sharing our message and uh, for doing everything that you're doing today. We really appreciate it.
2: And thank you for being part of it as well. Uh, That is Cynthia Bolter, the CEO of the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. Uh, Real simple, if you want to take part and just make a difference, even five bucks. Think about the cost of a cup of coffee. You know, put down your chai tea latte for the day uh, and just consider, you know, texting a, a carrot emoji. That's $5 to 30333, 30333, simple as that.
3: It's simple as that. It's interesting what Cynthia is saying is, is how they've had to do some things with the, in the warehouse during the pandemic and, and essentially setting up some satellite areas in, in industrial places. James, I was driving probably three or four months ago uh, in an area in, in my neighborhood. And I look and I see a lineup of people and I'm going like, what's here? What's opening? And then I saw a food bank and I said, I had no idea that they had a food bank down here. It was busy. There were people outside, and I would just assume that maybe that's the satellite. I mean, I've driven around the area a lot, never seen it before. So uh, there is obviously a big need for a lot of people. And uh, if you can help out, if you're in your car, if heading to work, as you said, something as simple as a coffee, $5, carrot emoji, 30333 and donate. We're at 14000 which is a really good start. Cynthia was happy with that. That was at 7 o'clock. We'll give you another update in the next hour. But we're moving the right way, everybody. And it feels good to give. So just do it if you can.
2: Hundred percent. All right, seven fifty-four here on this uh, Friday morning. He's Perry. I'm James. Uh, your Canucks commute coming up just around the corner. Hey, if you're a card collector, man, the great one hit another milestone. We'll get to that. And Nils Hoaglander with a whole lot of wow, just not in the eyes of his coach. That story all ahead as well, right here on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet six fifty. <laughs>
0: a cup of joe, and the Canuck commute.
4: They really like Chatfield, and and by the way, our guys did in Calgary too. I don't think there's clear waivers. If he needs waivers, I know other teams like this guy, so they might have to stick with him.
0: A five-star morning on the starting lineup.
2: I think if you're a Canucks fan, you loved hearing that from Brian Burke yesterday, eh? Pair uh, in terms of how he viewed Jalen Chatfield, who re upped with the uh, Canucks a couple of days ago, and um, you know has a really good chance to stick, if, if not as a, as not as part of the regular mix in the uh, in the top six, but maybe even as a seventh defenseman this upcoming season for the Canucks.
3: I wonder if he's benefited from the fact that we don't talk a lot about him. He's been able to hang out in Utica for a couple of years. It's always been where's Ole Olevi and then Brogan Rafferty comes out of nowhere last year. He gets a lot of the headlines, but, you know, kind of marinating in all situations has been Jalen Chatfield. I am positive, Perry, but I'll say this. I mean, it's, and we'll get into Hall Glender and what he did and, and there's some some comments from Pod Colson. Everyone is optimistic about the prospects they've had. We can find the same conversation two or three years ago about a Jonathan Dalian and what he's going to do, and Goldobin will finally be the guy. Uh, the thing is, the Canucks haven't missed in the last two or three years when we've talked about, oh, what Quinn Hughes could be and what Pedersen can be and what Besser was. And, man, if they get it, if they get it with these two kids, if they get it from a Chatfield or a Rafferty or a Rathbone, um, then this team who will toil and, and battle in the Canadian division – uh, it'd be an exciting time to go. Wow, you've actually added a couple more young guys. The salary they're going to have—great times. I don't. I'm a little pessimistic. on you're kidding me. You're gonna, it's going to happen again. Well, let's hope so because all of them have pretty good resumes coming up here.
2: Well, and guys with ElC deals, they have to contribute if you're going to have success, right? And you have that to take advantage of that window. Look at the Dallas Stars got to the Stanley Cup final. Right? Who was their best player on that team? Like, if the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup, yes, Anton Hudobin probably deserves you know a lot of consideration for the smite, But man, is Miro Heiskanen not probably that guy who's going to get a lot of credit for that? And he's still in an mm-hmm. ELC contract.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's part of it, right? You have to hope that they can come in and be difference makers early on. And uh, that's where the Canucks sit with what they have coming. Yeah, um, I mean,
2: I don't see the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup this year with, with Hughes and Pedersen in the final year of their ELCs, and obviously the nope. market is going to change in a big way. But, you know, whether that's a, a Pod Colson, whether that's a Hoaglander, somebody along, at some point, you know, if the Canucks are going to have success, young players are going to have to provide value and then some. You know, again, I'll, I'll go back and I, I say that. The Stars had a lot of guys that contributed. Look at the Hawks' early success, right? You know, guys were good price points in those early years before they ultimately got up against the cap. I mean, they had to reboot their franchise essentially two years after they had won their first cup because of the amount of free agency losses that they took because guys got paid.
3: And when you say young players, I'm going to assume you mean another layer of young players. I think we've decided – that Hughes and Pedersen are there, right? And and you know, and I would say Horvath's now moving towards that experienced player. But there's going to have to be another layer of those potential prospects we have talked about that are going to be able to finish it and go, okay, here's our core. We've got these young guys, we've just found more. And then the way Jim Benning, you know, as it might turn out to be lucky, the way things are structured, you're actually gonna have a fair bit of money because the veteran players you're losing who are no longer key guys have been paid an awful lot to be a part of your bottom six. So when Jim Benning gets through this year and he comes to next year's offseason, he does have some money freed up. Granted, you got to start paying those young guys, but it's not like you're using bottom six guys and go "Oh, well, that's only a million dollars. He's off the books. No substantial financial gains come off the books for you in the next couple of years, which you can, then fill with the appropriate number and meaning salary-wise for bottom six guys shouldn't be $3 million or $4 million. It should be, you know, the, the $2 million score. Here's the role player that I need. Timing could be everything for the Canucks. I think it's just a matter of if people are assuming that the window was open now, it might not just be. But I would say next year the window's open, and it's a matter of how long it uh, how long it stays that way, and it's up to these next round of prospects to actually prove that they can play in the NHL.
2: Jake in the Ridge on the Dunbar-Lumber text line at 6.50, 6.50, uh, suggesting, hey, it's crazy to think Dallas went so far without Sagan. And imagine how well they could have done if he was in the lineup regularly and and more of a contributor with the injuries that he was nursing pair. There was a guy who was almost a $10 million cap hit, right? Yeah. And so you want to get value from, obviously, your high-priced players, but at the same time, you know, the value that the Stars got from from guys who just, who kind of came out of nowhere, or or at least had a lot of us sit up and take notice, go, oh, yeah, okay, you know, it's it, this is not just, this is not just Jamie Ben's team, this is not just about Tyler Sagan, obviously we knew about Heiskanen, but there's so much more to the Dallas Stars than, than what we had seen, and some of those depth guys, guys that were making million five, hey, Corey Perry kind of got himself up off the canvas and kind of showed he still had some hockey left in his game, but you look at a lot of these players that, that contribute, and I think that's where you're going to have to see with the Canucks. And, and you see a lot of contracts. Like We talked about this a lot this week, you know, and we talked about the back end. You know, Edler's off the books at the end of the year. Jordy Ben's off there. There's $8 million on the back end that's off the books next year, right? And then up front, Brandon Sutter's off the books. And then in two years from now, you get the big wave of, you know, whether it's Louis Erickson off the book in two years from now and, and Beagle and Roussel, this is where there's going to be a huge opportunity for some of these young players. And, and look, this is going to be on management as well to hope that they got the right guys here uh, organizationally that are developing. But, you know, there's a lot of excitement about the likes of a Pod Colson and, and the Hoaglanders and, and so on and so forth.
3: Yeah, no, I, I there, there is that excitement and we haven't had any, any falls. You know, I, I'd be curious, do you think they would kick around A million dollar deal for a Corey Perry if the season gets going and go. We just need some help on the on the right side. Like Corey Perry's had two terrible regular seasons, but he was very effective in the postseason. Could hit his experience where the vacancy is there on that right side, and you're going to have some young guys have a kick at it. Go, you know what? Should we see if he can't get anybody? He's still, you know, he's unrestricted. No one's kicked the tires on him. He's 35, but. You know, is that something you have a conversation with if you're the Canucks?
2: In in a shortened season, I I, I get the logic, but it would fly in the face of everything that Jim Benning had suggested, what, in a week ago when we spoke to him, right? That, Mm -hmm. look, we're going to give the kids an opportunity here. So whether that's Jake Vertanen, whether that's Adam Gaudet, if you want to still consider them kids, or, you know... Somebody else, whether it's a Cole Lynn who's going to get a chance to try to play, right? Give the opportunity for Zach McEwen to stick full-time in the National Hockey League. Or whether it's a Hoaglander who's going to get an opportunity to try to crack the lineup. I think you want to try to see internally what you've got here, and it's time to start finding out over the next year or two what exactly you have here internally and whether you're going to sink or swim with these players. And But humor me some... with
3: this. I agree with you. But humor me with this, that it's... You, you know, Glander comes and goes, he's not quite ready. And you're now into middle of February. You at that point realize that Michael Ferland maybe is not coming back in the NHL. Yep. So it frees you up with that money. And I wouldn't go spend it. But Corey Perry is still kind of saying, hey, I'd like to play. I don't have a team. You now have 40 games left. And Corey Perry says, listen, for $700,000, yeah, I'll, I'll play on the right side with you guys if you want some experience there. And you go, hey, help fill the void. That's not going to hurt us. We've got money back from Ferland. It's a it's a seven hundred thousand dollars Stanley Cup champion that you put into the room. I don't think it's the craziest idea. No,
2: no, I I, I don't dis- I don't disagree with that logic at, at all. No, I think that there's something to be said. But I, I don't think you do it before the season starts. But no, if I agree with you. It, but if there's players right? that are lingering on the market that are kind of playing a wait and see or. If a team's just looking to simply cut bait, saying you know what, this is not happening in a shortened season, whatever that, you know, veterans expiring contracts just might be available, and you can take a flyer with a with a late round pick or something along those lines. Yeah, that's something I would consider, because you know, in a shortened season, you know, there is a point. That listening to Reach Deep the other day, and they kind of made this point, and it's funny because it's kind of followed up on a conversation on social media today, just with some analytics and some. You know, teams can get hot in a shortened season. Like, funky things happen. Case in point, mm-hmm. you know, what if the Ottawa Senators catch fire at the start of the year, right? I know we all yeah. sit there and write off the Senators as being the worst of the group, and I think, you know, if we're all going to do our power rankings for the All-Canadian Division, I think that the sense is is that the Senators will finish last. But, man, in a shortened year, if you play 48, 50 games, 56 games that they're talking about – what happens if the Senators, what if Matt Murray kind of finds his form again? The guy who won two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins and is only 26, right? You know, if Tim Stussel is exactly the player that they hoped, and he's an impact player right away, and Brady Kachuk takes a step, and Thomas Chabot takes another step forward, and the Senators all of a sudden have their heads above water, and is it is it crazy to think that, wow, all of a sudden... Ottawa finds a way in, and, and, and a team that is considered a Stanley Cup contender or a team that at least has their window open in the Canadian division might be on the outside looking in. I mean, that could be Vancouver. I mean, that could be the Leafs if they're dealing with injuries. It could be the Habs for all the expectations they've got. It could be the Oilers. It could be the Flames or the Jets. Like, three of those teams are going to get pooched this year.
3: I think the crazy thing to expect about the NHL 2021 season is that the first month... From January 13th, if that's when they indeed drop the puck, to Valentine's Day february 14th that there is going to be anything normal you were talking about athletes who will have no preseason games limited time to play together you're talking about an ottawa senator team that hasn't played a hockey game since last march and inter-squad games are not going to do you any justice it is not going to be a typical hockey you're not going to be able to look at and go well this is a mismatch you know uh the kings are against colorado no it, it won't be normal it can't be It can't be a normal first month. So someone is either really going to stumble out of the gate or to your point, James, someone's going to catch fire out of the gate and you're going to look at those standings in the middle of February and go, wow, who thought that? And then maybe we'll see it as we did in the bubble, the cream will slowly rise. But by that time, You've got 40 games left and then you never know we're going to see a bunch of injuries too because we're going to see an we're going to see some physical battles because that Friday night game against the Flames and when they play again on Saturday there's going to be some fires that are burning and the next thing you know some body checks are a little harder than they normally would be and so it's going to be you know man down man down who's next it's going to be crazy tough to predict and I think the winner of the Stanley Cup next year is going to be more so than the bubble winner you go yeah Tampa Bay was the best team because it's going to be fire, a fiery run for everybody, and I just don't think we can expect the first month to be anything close to normal.
2: You know, uh, a good text here on the Dunbar-Lumber text line at six fifty six fifty, and a reminder of what Brian Burke was saying yesterday. The Canucks need to tread water this season. Free cap space for twenty one twenty two young players in key roles. I'm excited for the next three years. You know, here's something else to consider, per- You know, the, with, the, with the Corey Perry uh, idea that you suggested. You know, you also want to have that room, depending on when the Canucks season comes to an end, and the KHL season. You know, Vasily mm-hmm. Podkolzin, right? I mean, he could very well be here in five months from now, right? Like, his contract comes so. to an end. While his contract's up at the end of April, yeah. and if he's not playing in the World Hockey Championship, then, you know, do you make room to allow him to be part of the mix? Just allow him to kind of tread water, if you will right? Keep his head up. See what you got. At least get his toe dipped into the National Hockey This is what it looks like. This is what it's going to be. Get some familiarity and to maybe have a guy like that and a big body you know, in the roster down the stretch and maybe even for a possible playoff appearance, right? I'm, oh, I, I, I'd, I, I'd love to see Pod Coles in this year.
3: James, that was the one thing and we talked about it right from the fact that if the NHL doesn't start, you may be getting Pod Coles into play possibly you know, 20 plus hockey games. Um, you know, he was talking today over in Russia about being named the captain of their world junior team and was thanking the coaching staff and loves the fact that he has this responsibility. And, and this is his last chance. You know, you you take the two prospects and they both will be the center of attention right now. Pod Colson will be at the world juniors when he comes with Team Russia. And Holglander was yesterday because of the goal he scored. And he was interviewed uh, yesterday and he essentially we had him on last week and we pretty much assumed that he scores that incredible goal yesterday in the Swedish league. And he kind of said in an interview, like, I'll be honest, the bags are packed. They're at the door. And any one of these days, I'm jumping on a plane and going to Vancouver where I think I can play in the NHL. So it's nice to talk about prospects. But we've said this before. The two prospects we're talking about come with really good resumes for the first you know, 15 years of their hockey career from little kids to, hey, world junior star, hey, star scoring crazy goals in the in the Swedish league. And so I'm just thinking, really? You nailed it, your last three prospects. Are Pod Colson coming in? Is he coming in and going, wow, he can play? Like everyone in the organization thinks, no, he'll be better suited for a North American game with the pros. And is Hoaglander going to be able to pull that off? And you hear from people going, yeah, I mean, Pedersen did it, this kid might be the same. It's exciting, and I think that text is very well. I would give it three years, and maybe this is the treading water year. But you look at a veteran like Perry going, "Hey, you may be sitting up in the press box, but in the meantime, while we wait for these kids, you're a pretty good guy to be hanging out and and getting some odd shifts with our two big
7: centers."
2: Uh, Speaking of uh, one of those key prospects, he is the focal point of today's edition of Seaball Says.
0: He may not be right, but he says it with confidence anyway. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650.
2: Well, Nils Hoaglander scored one insanely ridiculous goal last night in the Swedish Hockey League. Did you see this thing, by the way? Like, if you, unless you've been living under a rock the last 24 hours, the highlight's been essentially everywhere between the legs dangling up top. Man, just the kind of highlight that we saw three years ago from Elias Pedersen that had Canucks fans finally believing that, yes, yes, something nice, something special is finally coming here. It's a highlight that sells the game. The type of creativity that inspires kids to go out in front of their homes, out on the street, or the next time at practice on the ice and try to mimic.
3: Yeah, I mean
2: exactly what he said, right? But then there was Hoaglanders coach Cam Abbott being asked about it later, and the Rogel bench boss had little time for the moment.
5: Well, I thought it was a good, uh, good finish by him going to the net there, creative, and we're kind of used to that with Nils. Um, and, and at the same time, I think, I think it's worth pointing out the uh, you know there's been a couple turnovers in the neutral zone by the same player that's cost uh, one against. So I think it's it's impressive, but uh, you know there's he, he knows there's still a ways to go to be the player he wants to be. I uh, completely compliment him on <laughs> offensive play, and uh, he wants oh. to win. But uh, oh. you know there's uh, hockey's a lot more than scoring too, and and uh, he's working at it. But uh, yeah, nice goal.
2: Man, when I saw that and listened to his coach's reaction, it was somewhere between Cleveland manager Lou Brown from the movie Major League reacting to Willie Mays Hayes' basket catch.
0: Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again.
2: Yeah, it was that or somewhere between the opposite of Ivan Drago and Rocky IV. he dies, he dies. Yeah, just really didn't give an ish about a goal like that, right? I mean, Hoaglander's goal is a highlight that hockey needs these days. It's one that makes highlight reels here in North America. It goes viral on social, gets people buzzing about a game at a time when the sport desperately needs it. But Cam Abbott's reaction is a reminder that hockey's old-school ways still run deep in the game. A time where baseball embraces the bat flip, Football showcases the touchdown celebration and the NBA sells the dunk. Hockey still tries to tone down the skill and flair that the game needs to take it to the next level of marketing. I understand that Abbott is trying to create a complete player in Hoaglander and hopefully to the benefit of the Canucks somewhere down the road. But a stick-in-the-mud approach reminds us that as much as we wish and hope and pray that hockey will embrace more personality and flair, the old fall-in-line-with-the-team approach isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So in short,
4: stay in your lane.
2: And that is this morning's Seaball Says. Drives me nuts. Man, like, that was a beautiful goal. Well, and you got your head coach cry, basically like, I don't care. You missed a turnover.
3: Why, why do we love Pete Carroll? Right, He's a good football coach. You admire the, the guys jacked up and so excited about everything. Like, is it that wrong to go against the code if a player does that to kind of just go off and kind of be a fan? And especially, hey, if you're going to coach him, coach him in the dressing room and say, hey, Niels, nice goal. But, man, tomorrow you're going to see three turnovers in the neutral site game, man. You've got to be a 200-foot player, especially if you want to get to the NHL. And I know your bags are packed, and you've told us they're sitting by the door, you're leaving, and you hope to only see us again in the offseason to skate around the arena and go, yeah, I had a great time in the Swedish League. But when you're in front of the camera doing an interview about that goal... Like, show some emotion. Or even if you're on the bench, laugh a little bit. How easy is it for all of our listeners and for UC Ball to remember uh, the old Vern Fiddler impression to Kevin Bieksa, and there is Alan <laughs> Vino behind the bench losing it? And yeah. why you're laughing now? Because he showed some emotion. It wasn't like, my goodness, I'm in my suit. I better look very stoic and not smile. And, oh, my God, I'm laughing. So now I can't show people laughing. Give me the card to put above my face. No, it's okay to laugh. And I don't think it would be a bad thing if a goal was scored like that. And Pedersen scores a beauty and it's crazy. And he comes to the bench and the Canucks coach and Travis Green are just smiling. On, Are you kidding me? And shaking his head like, what did I just see? Not like, yeah, nice goal. Pat him on the back, man. It's starting from the players. We're seeing younger players showing a little bit more emotion on social media, getting to know them. The world's passing you by. Everyone wants to know about the emotion. Robots were back when the Russians came and played. We want to see personality, and I would take that all the way to a head coach. Do your coaching and get mad at a player for mistakes he made behind the scenes, but sell the game in every other platform there is in front of you. And that
2: man, and that's it, right? Like that's like, what are people talking about? In, in in the hockey world, in terms of highlights, like was there a better highlight that we've seen in the sport on this planet in the last twenty four hours than what Nils Hoaglander gave us last night? Hell no. And, and your and your coach, I mean, man, you had the one of the best views on the planet, standing there on the bench to watch that in full motion, didn't miss a beat, and dangles that. Like how many guys? Like pair. Like honestly, look at that current Canucks roster right now. How many guys could conceivably pull that off? Three?
3: Maybe four? I don't well, know. Like, off, you have to have the confidence because if he tries that, right, and it's very, if he tries that next time he's around, there's a big defenseman that's going to nail him, right, live and learn. But we've seen Pedersen do some things. You go, holy smokes, that's gutsy. But it's the confidence. Like, it's great that he tries that. Embrace it. Uh, and for the coach to go, yeah, it was good, but, I mean, there's some stuff in the neutral. Nah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm sure the fans also saw him give a puck away, and the kid's going to learn, and he'll hear it, I'm sure, from Travis Green one day when he's up here. But in the meantime, that's what's going to sell your games. You want people coming back? You don't want them on a great defensive play. Superstar players will know when they have to do it. I'll go back to three or four years ago. Remember Brock Besser was in a corner, lost a battle in the offensive end, and then was a step behind. I can't remember the player. And it looked bad on Brock. Everybody knew that was Brock Besser's fault, what he tried to do. But of all the great highlights of Pedersen, how quickly can we talk about him coming back hard after losing a puck and breaking up a 2 on one in the bubble? The guy grinds it out as hard as he can defensively. And if Hoaglander is going to do that, then do do the stuff you can't coach, which is through the legs, shift it up high, and go, oh, my – like embrace it going, that's crazy how good that goal is, rather than, no, it's a nice goal, but you're screwing up in the neutral zone. 100%.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. It Just embrace the skill and the personality here. It's, you got to take another step forward, but that old-school mindset still is prevalent in the hockey world. All right, 24 minutes after 8 o'clock here on this Friday morning. He's Perry. I'm James. A reminder, today is Food Bank Friday. We here at Sportsnet 650, partnering along with Jack FM, News 1130, and Kiss FM, uh, are trying to help raise funds this morning and all day until 6 o'clock tonight for the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. And it's real simple to take part pair just simply hey listen we all text with emojis that's all you got to do today and help make a small difference pair
3: no that's exactly it uh 30 a carrot's worth five dollars um it's as simple as that if you got a red heart that would be worth uh, 25 30 3 3 3 text the emoji you can go to our website We're off to a great start. We'll give you an update before we're done. It started at 6 this morning. It'll end at 6 o'clock. News 1130. Jack's a part of it. Kiss is a part of it. Hey, it makes you feel good, right? It's Friday. We're always happy when we get to a Friday. We've made it to the weekend. But think about it. I know a lot of people pay it forward. You're going through a drive-through, and you say, hey, I'll pay for the Tim Hortons behind me, or I'll pay for that guy's Starbucks. Help the food bank out today, James. They need it. Uh, This is their day. Help out. Make yourself feel good. A great start to your day. 100%.
2: Hundred percent. All right, twenty-five minutes after eight o'clock. Uh, hey, I tell you what—if you have a Gretzky rookie card, you might be able to afford to uh, to help make a great donation after uh, the news of what Wayne Gretzky's rookie card just sold for in the last few hours. Pair mind-boggling as the great one hits another milestone. Plus, Elliot Friedman on some possible tweaks to those realignment uh, numbers we were looking at in the National Hockey League with the return to play couple of tweaks to that we'll get to all of it still ahead right here on your home of Vancouver hockey home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.
0: Welcome to the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski on the official home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.
2: 831 well you know Times have certainly changed over the last 30 years since the bare naked ladies served up "If I Had a Million Dollars," but if you did, you might be able to buy a Wayne Gretzky's rookie card. Pair, we talked about this story earlier this week, but the auction uh, has made a uh, historic mark in the world of hockey, and that's Wayne Gretzky's name atop another record book as uh, a mint condition, a 10 out of 10 graded. Wayne Gretzky mm. rookie card from the 1979 Opeachy Hockey Series. Uh, it became the first hockey card to cost more than a million dollars U.S. when it went for $1.032 million at uh, at an auction.
3: Any idea? Will we find out who the buyer was? I'm going to say we're going to know the name.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would guess at some point whether they want to go public or not. I, I believe our producer, Mike English, um, has a friend who sold a Babe Ruth rookie card for a million dollars, but has no desire to go public with that because uh, he just doesn't want yeah. uh, doesn't want the CRA finding out.
3: <laughs> well, it's a business transaction, right? Uh, listen, I mean, this story hurts me because of where I grew up, being a sports fan, and the number of cards that I had. And you see that rookie card and you go, yeah, I probably had about five of them. And I know you purchased one. And and we had a great conversation earlier this week with a card collector and grader. And you understand that, you know, this is uh, to to be a 10, to be scored a a 10, a a gem mint, uh, that is very, very rare. But to your point, like you've said, you know, if you were graded a, a five or a six, which I believe would be kind of average, Gretzky's card still worth, you know, three, four, or five hundred bucks, isn't it?
2: Oh, you know what I, I mean. I a, a Wayne, like you should probably even like a Wayne Gretzky card uh, that grades a one out of ten. So that means it would be probably have been folded, big creases in it, faded, and almost like maybe even ripped edges or something along those lines. Even if yeah. it graded a one, you would probably get at least at least five hundred bucks, and that's for a beat up. Crap kicked out of it, sort of card that you would get at least yes. five hundred bucks. It's yeah, that just uh, me
3: off. Well, I mean, no,
2: that's... but here's here's the interesting story about this uh, about this card here, pair. So we we talked about card grading earlier this week, and I didn't realize this, but so this original card had been graded by uh, a card company, and it graded as a nine point five, and that was with the Beckett card grading system. So then this, the individual who had purchased this card, so he's got this 9.5 out of 10 card, and he's looking at it, and he thinks, you know what, I'm going to go get this regraded. So he brought it in, he, he, he bought the card for $50,000, got it mm-hmm. regraded by PSA Grading Services, and that scored a 10. So... Then it went, uh, you know, so then it went like, you know, it got sold again. And then four years ago, I think it went for uh, just under half a million dollars. But he got it regraded and got that extra half mark and got the 10 out of 10 score that has now given him the, you know, the million dollar sale. Well, I,
3: I guess that's a story in life. I always get a second opinion. But how does, <laughs> how does one grading company yeah. go 9.5? and then you get 10 from the other like why would why would it go back to that david beckham grading system i know you said beckett if they're they're handing out 9.5s so i'm going to someone cuz you know hey these guys they're not as picky they'll give you a 10
2: well and, and, you know and and that's and that's valid right and you, you kind of i guess it can work against you too though right you go get it regraded and what's to say it drops another half point or something and now you're going oh w- wait a second where in this yeah. case, obviously, this made him a half a million dollars in terms of getting this, uh, getting this card graded and to score a ten out of ten on this. But you know, the the hard thing. So it was interesting. So Michael Jordan, his rookie card. There's about three hundred rookie cards from the Michael Jordan Fleer series in 1986 that have that same sort of gem mint rating. It's a ten out of ten. There's about three hundred Jordan cards like that, mm-hmm. and. But in terms of Gretzky's, like, this is, you know, there's just, it's one, of, I think there's only two that have been graded a 10 out of 10 for a Gretzky rookie card. And, and because at the time with Opichi cards, they used a wire to cut those cards back 40 years ago. Like a wire system. Like if you anybody that's got a anybody that's got a rookie card, or or just look at your hockey cards from back back in the day around that time. Like you look at especially that era, that year, man, they're all kind of jagged on the sides, pair because these wires got dull. First off, the car the wires would get dull after a while, and then you just have the sheer laziness by some people who just like. Ah, you know what, it's 2.30 I know Frank and Perry and Mike and Art Are all going out for beers there later I've got to go meet up with them So, I mean, there are some horribly cut cards mm-hmm. That you've got, almost got Like the the start of another card That's on your card And that's like, man, you open up your pack And you've got your, your bubble gum And you've got your hockey card Like you've had no say of damaging that card Like that is like The, the company basically well, beat the crap out of it for you
3: yeah, they never, it never left the factory as a 10. But no, then if no. you're like me, you, you kept the bubble gum, and then once you had enough cards, like <laughs> I kept them in the drawer, and then they would spill all over the place because you're buying them as much as possible. So then you grab the elastic band, and then you, yep. you, know, you, you ruin the crap out of the sides because you're tightening <laughs> that band around it. And then it's just how many big elastic band bunches of cards can you have to take to school. And throw around and make some trades because you don't want your Gary Younger card and you're going to change that for <laughs> something else. So, yeah, the, the likelihood, like of all my buddies and everyone collected cards, it's not like there was anybody's going to no, no, you know. Maybe the odd kid that actually put it in a folder or something, you go, wow, your mom and dad are really into arts and crafts. <laughs> but you're not, you're not taking a binder to school,
1: yeah.
3: right? You, where are your cards, man? What do you want? Got them, need them, got them, need them. Who would have thought, though? My question is this, so someone hmm. spends a million plus to get that gretzky card yep. is is that really going up in value like in ten years' time is that guy selling it for a million and a half?
2: I think it 's the rarity of it right i think it's the, i yeah. think it's the i think it 's the rarity of it because you know look at the the Gretzky card like look wayne 's not going to do there 's not much more that Wayne Gretzky can do on this planet to 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 soar that value, but it 's the rarity of the fact that You've got a ten out of ten, and there's what mm-hmm. essentially two out there that they say that that are out there. Like we talked to who was it? Peter Nickel from KSA Grading the other day. You know his company they've they've looked at fifteen thousand Gretzky rookies, fifteen thousand mm-hmm. because of the, it's a Canadian grading company, so they see a lot of Gretzky's. I think they've done more Gretzky's than than anybody. But you, you look at what they've done. I mean PSA is a huge company. I think they've only done you know, 5,700 cards uh, of Gretzky rookies. But think about that. Like, there's a, only two that have scored a 10 out of 10 for a Gretzky rookie card. Like, that's just the sheer rarity. The problem is, is the, you know, blame Opeachy for that, right? I mean, you can blame a lot. You can blame thousands and thousands of people across Canada and around the U.S. with the Tops and cards that, you know, remember? here's the other one. Remember the game you just threw cards against the wall? Yeah, remember that? Just to just throw a card, yeah. man. You take a clean edge card and just boom, you know, damage that sucker, right? But like Opichi was at us to blame the, the lack of flaws or the amount of flaws with these rookie cards because they were just horribly cut with these wires that were dull forty years ago. Now everything's kind funny. of laser cut and all that, and they're all computerized, so you know it's hard to really kind of get a crappy cut now. But in those days, man, it was more par for the course.
3: Don't you think if you were working at Opici, um in, in the late 70s, like I wonder if at this time of year uh, their Christmas bonus was a a set of NHL cards. Hey, everybody, it's been a good year, and it's, it's Christmas time, so here's your, here's your box of all NHL cards, the 1979-80 edition. Oh, excellent. Do with them what you want. It's just, you know, and they probably come back and go, what a crappy gift, No no bonus or everything. <laughs> They gave me a box of cards, send it, send it to the nephew and let him throw it away. Uh, you got to think, come on, you're working in a card factory. They're giving us something. Yeah.
2: Oh, they gave me another Gretzky card as a bonus. Like I've got enough of these 40 years later. I mean, <laughs> you're buying up the West side of Vancouver with it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Um, we should also touch on uh, news over the last about 12 hours or so pair. Uh, We talked a lot about the realignment in the National Hockey League for this upcoming season with a pandemic year and the shortened season. I guess with the Board of Governors call on Wednesday, there are a few unhappy campers, so there might be some actual tweaks to this. Here's what Sportsnet Hockey Insider Elliot Friedman had to say about some possible moving, maybe involving uh, the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild.
4: I think what they're going to do is they're going to have two teams that are closer together go to the West, and I think that's going to be Minnesota and St. Louis. I think they'll both go in the Pacific Division, and Dallas will end up in the central and i think dallas would be pretty happy with that um you know the reason st louis and minnesota are um i just think minnesota's concern was they didn't want to be there alone with nobody close to them st louis was more willing to do it and now i think it's going to be st louis and minnesota together
2: so there's uh, Elliot Freeman on some possible tweaks to that. Uh, I guess basically teams starting to feel like how the Canucks have probably felt over the years, right, when your closest commute is, you know, what would be a 10-hour drive to Calgary or a 90-minute flight. Like, that's your shortest one.
3: Yeah, uh, listen, you aren't going to have everybody happy. The uh, you know, Canucks, as we talked about Berkey, you, you can't complain. The Canucks have no games in their time zone except for the home games. Now, no one's really complained about that because what can you do? It's 2020, 2021, I guess, when we start playing. And they've got to stay on this side of the border. So it won't be easy. I do understand that, though, that if you can get one team closer, so at least you go, well, it might be easier if if it's a Minnesota-St. Louis uh, series uh, rather than going all the way and doing as much traveling as they are. But you weren't going to keep everybody happy. Tampa Bay is going to travel a lot more than they ever have before. But understand that. I can understand that you want to complain about it but understand that that's just the nature of the beast in 2021 and what you're going to have to do. Nothing is going to be easy about it. Um, and people are going to complain. I know St. Louis from a broadcasting perspective, we're going, Hey, you know, you going to be 11 o'clock at night that we're showing the games on television. That's not great for us, but unfortunately at some point you go, I hear you, but I can't do anything about it. I'm sure they put every scenario in front and uh, I'm not surprised that there was some pushback as, as the public looks at it and, and then the owners talk about it a little bit more. But at some point, you're going to have to sign off. At it. I'm still curious, James, what's the playoff format? Like, what will it be? Are we I, are they playing th- games? Or are we going straight 16 teams?
2: I think there's a sense that there was, I mean, the whispers have been top four teams from each division would come on out. Right. And and they'll move on. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's probably how you'd have to do it because nobody's playing outside of the division, right? Like, you look at the All-Canadian, you're just kind of taking care of business within those seven teams. So, I mean, what's ultimately fair, if you've kind of made the point earlier, you look at the Pacific, you know, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, you know, I guess if you want to go, I mean, those are teams that, that struggled and struggled mightily last year. Maybe it's different this season, but... You know, you kind of look at those as being sort of cannon fodder, if you will, and especially for teams like Colorado and Vegas, that might be able to benefit from that. You know, you're just picking up points. So, is it, you know, is it as fair what? if you're just scooping up all these points against these other op- against the other opposition? I think you'd probably want to keep it to the top four in each division. That feels more diplomatic, in my opinion.
3: Well, why wouldn't you go? To the fifth place team will play a play-in game. Possibly, fifth place team. You know, another division. Why not? Why not? Like, why not? You if if you're making the players do it, why not play more playing games and go the fifth place team in each division? We'll play each other for a playing game. Yeah, and maybe 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 four.
1: four, Yeah,
2: maybe four and five. Maybe four and five go head to head or something along those lines. Or or maybe if you're traveling, why
3: not you go from this? The Canadian division will be playing the Pacific division. The fifth place team. And then you find out that fifth-place team somehow becomes Los Angeles, and the Canucks are the fifth-place team in the Canadian division, and the Canucks roll over them. You go, well, of course they rolled over them. Look at who was in their division. They were playing tough every night. The odd night, Ottawa didn't show up. And but so you go, okay, you go, they but, deserve yeah. to get in.
2: But I don't think you want to start playing anybody outside of your division until until you're done with your division, right? Look at the Canadian division. Now all of a sudden you have to look at going south of the border, right? Yeah, so that that but that brings June, whole lo- right? logistics with the border not being open, and I don't think it'll be open until, let's face it, until the overwhelming majority of the population is vaccinated.
3: Well, you might, you know, we, we're in June at that point, right? We're in late May, so you never know. I don't know if you can do anything that way, but um, interesting to see. Haven't had nothing final. If it's just four teams in a division, that's the easiest. Mm-hmm. But I do think they should learn from what they did last year. Everyone loved the play, and obviously, our city benefited with the Canucks. But why not do it again? I, I would hope that at some point you make the change next year. You got an extra team in Seattle coming in. I would hope that at some point we move away from 16 teams.
2: Well, at the the play the play idea where, you know, let's say hypothetically you give the first the, the top seed a buy and then you let say two and five and three and four go head to head. And then you kind of whittle it down from there or, or, or whatever that may be, or maybe one and two get the buy and let it play out or four and five. You get that extra little series. So I, I see some logic to that. All right, uh, 847, some final thoughts before we turn things over to the Scott tool show next right here on Sportsnet 650.
0: Now more of the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650.
2: All right, two minutes to 9 o'clock or uh, two minutes to uh, uh, wrap time for us and then uh, nine minutes to uh, 9 o'clock as Scott Rinchel's show coming uh, your way. Top of the clock. Uh, Just enough time for us, Perry, to remind uh, everybody that today is Food Bank Friday and we want to help those in need today.
3: Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. I think we got the latest update. We're over $15,000. $15,405 is what we have raised. We started it. Um, at 6 o'clock, it will go until 6 o'clock. So please uh, do what you can to donate to this cause. It's very simple. Uh, all you have to do is text at 30333 are the numbers that we ask that you text. And with that opportunity, you can text a carrot emoji with that text. That will bring in $5. Um, if you do something like that, you want to give up $25, you can do that by simply Uh, texting a heart that would be appreciated you can go to the food bank website you can go to our website james it's a time of need so they're going to match the first twenty five thousand dollars we're three hours into it we're up to fifteen thousand dollars right now but your opportunity to do something like that carrot for five banana for ten a red heart for 25 the easiest way again the text number three zero three 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 do what you can on this friday make yourself feel good help out others In our greater Vancouver community,
2: Uh, Bobby going old school this morning here on the Dunbar Lumber text line pair. Uh, How about the uh, scramble back in the day? Everyone would head out of class for recess or lunch, and one kid would just yell out "Scramble!" Toss thirty to forty cards in the air, and everyone would just dive around trying to get as many as possible. Uh, Man, yeah, the the old scramble keepsies. (laughs) Does anybody? The kids still think about it?
3: You go back and you show the video of that in 1970. These kids are about to throw $5,000 in the air and then chase it down.
2: Right? <laughs> in a schoolyard, yeah. Little do these yes. kids know that one of these cards is worth $250,000.
3: <laughs> it's like that. whatever are the, the trading wars or storage wars? Yeah, yes. You look
2: at the value. Oh, man.
3: These <laughs> <Jeez>, hard wars.
2: <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Uh, hey, have a safe and happy weekend, uh, and we'll be back at it on Monday. Well, Perry will be. I'll be off on holidays, uh, taking a week off. But
3: uh, we'll hey, talk. Yeah, to you right and enjoy your break, my friend. Bick and I will will hang out for a little bit as we have a countdown. But uh, yeah, help out everybody. The food bank three zero three three three. If you can.
2: Take care. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you Monday on Sportsnet six fifty.
1: They're going home. They're going home. Yeah, they're going
2: home.